With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Saturday! It's all even with your boy Barry Grant. Catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. That All Even Wave. Get on that wave. I don't have to keep telling you. Lots to get into. The basketball gods have balance the playing field things are right with the basketball world we're gonna get into that also phone the friend is back with tom greer that's gonna be a great conversation and then the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it the basketball gods have leveled the playing field once again they have spoken they spoke loudly and i am excited Hell, I've been throwing a party since Wednesday. I've been throwing a party since Wednesday. And there's a reason for it. There's a reason for the party. It's the fact that the Clippers are no longer around. Chris Paul has exercised that demon. 41 points in Staples. Sent him back to the basement. It was beautiful. And the story about Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns, the journey that they've embarked on has been phenomenal and Chris Paul you know shouts to Chris Paul for not giving up on himself although he's in quote-unquote an advanced stage in his career he always knew that he can give more he can be able to produce and still be a viable option at point guard for his team and when his team needed him, he stepped up big. Hell, the Clippers cut it to seven at one point, And Chris Paul said, not tonight. I got y'all, not tonight. So, love the fact that Phoenix is in the NBA Finals. Love the fact that the Clippers are home. You know that. Anybody that listens to this show understands that. Back to the basement. (laughs) Oh, man. So where do the Clippers go from here? We all know where Phoenix is going. But where do the Clippers go from here? Do the Clippers decide that they are going to, 
you know, look to resign Kawhi Leonard? Are they going to look to move somebody to try to see if they can be able to get more pieces? Yeah, those are all questions that they have to answer. Does Kawhi Leonard want to stay here? Because there's a rumor going around that Kawhi wanted to play and the training staff did not allow him to play and he's not happy with the training staff and blah, 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 blah. Isn't this a broken record? Didn't we hear the same thing in San Antonio? Oh, he didn't trust the, the, the staff. Doesn't trust the organization now. Now he has to leave. Like, you went to the Clippers in bubble wrap. They then said, okay, we are going to take you in this bubble wrap and we're going to keep you there until you're ready to come out. So they've been doing exactly what Kawhi wanted in regards to protecting him, keeping him in bubble wrap, protecting his knees or whatever it is. And the minute that he's, oh, I'm good, you expect them to just say, okay, no, they're going to do their jobs. It was just very, very odd if this is the case. I'm not saying that it's true. I said there's a report, rumors are circling that this may be the case. And if this is the case, that's weak on, on Kawhi's part because the Clippers have bent over backwards and then some to appease that guy. So if he decides that the excuse that he's going to use is, oh, the training staff, nah, 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 that's why I want to leave, weak. Now, if he wants to test free agency and see what his market is like and see what other teams want his services, then fine, do that. But I don't want any excuses to be to be used. In regards to the rest of the roster, hell, I'm interested to see what happens. Like I said, the party continues. Reggie Jackson, he's good as gone. Somebody's going to give him a lot of money. Who else you got? Zubats, is he worth it? Man. You got Marcus Morris making a ton of money. You got Luke Kennard making a ton of money. Is Rondo going to be back? No. I don't see that. Rondo had a lot of DMPs in that in that uh that conference final. So, where do they go? Is Paul George now their guy? Is Waldo George their guy now? Now that he had a pretty decent playoff and you know, people are saying, "Oh, his name is definitely Playoff P now." Nah. I'm not doing that. One playoff run is not going to solidify you in my book. It's not the way it works. You got to do this over and over again until it's actually normal for your numbers to look that way. People are like, man, he's, he's doing his thing. Nobody's shocked. People were shocked because you go the other way. Paul George normally goes the other way. So... A lot of question marks for the Clippers going forward. But that loss was fitting. Chris Paul, the ex-Clipper, who actually resurrected this dead franchise, turns them into Lob City. They're the most exciting thing in basketball. They end up not winning much in the playoffs. Didn't get to a conference final, didn't get into a final. Chris Paul was labeled the scapegoat. As to why things didn't work out in Los Angeles. Washed up. People, you know, he goes to Houston and nobody cares. But 
he's showing you right now that he's still big time. Showed you right there in your own building that he can be able to send you home. Send you to bed. Send you back to the basement with the dehumidifiers and the space heaters. He showed you. So that's the mark of a real legit champ. So shouts to Chris Paul. Shouts to the Phoenix Suns. Um, and shouts to the Clippers too. The fact that you guys, you know, got to a conference final. You're not going to be able to hang that banner and say that we got to a conference final. Instead of trying to cover up real banners that you see in Staples. So hey, hey you know, hang it. Hang it. Be proud of being the runners-up for the Western Conference crown. Be be happy. Because you possibly won't get back here for a while, if ever. So I'm enjoying it. Hell, like I said, I've been partying since Saturday. Now, I want to go ahead and dive back into this. Where does Chris Paul rank historically? As a point guard, is he top five? No, he's not. Is he outside of the top five? Absolutely. Is he top 10? 100%. But people got to stop. All right? Chris Paul is great. And just because I said that he's not in my top five doesn't mean that Chris Paul is not a great player. Moving on, moving on. Game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. They're playing right now, and the Bucks are up 97-78. to Bucks look like they're going to punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. There's 10 minutes to go in the game. Giannis is not playing again, but, man, did they get a game out of Chris Middleton. 31 minutes, 28 points, phenomenal. Drew Holiday has been phenomenal the last two games as well. Bobby Portis has played well. Brooke Lopez, another solid game. They've gotten great minutes out of Jeff Teague tonight, 11 points in 12 minutes. Pat Connaughton stepped up 10 points. So they're getting a lot of production for guys that, you know, weren't giving them production throughout the entirety of the series. So looks like the Bucs are going to the finals. It's 182 right now with 846 left. Um, you know, shouts to the Hawks, man. You know, they got this far. They they really proved a lot of people wrong. They fought hard. Who knows if Trey Young doesn't get hurt that maybe this is a series that possibly is flipped or go seven, whatever. But, you know, John Collins, six points, eight rebounds, struggling tonight. Bogdanovich is having a decent game, 17 points on six of 11 shooting. Kevin Herter, uh, five points. Like, like I said, everybody's struggling. Cam Reddish is having a good game, 5 for 8, 15 points. But Trey Young, like, you know, kudos to him to be able to play this game on a bum ankle, 27 minutes, 3 of 12 shooting, 8 points. So it looks like one of my predictions are going to go through. Bucks get to the finals. They were my regular season pick for the NBA Finals. They get to the finals. This is a great time for basketball. You got the Phoenix Suns. You got the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be a really, really good series. Um, you know, shouts to Giannis. Shouts to Chris Middleton. Shouts to Drew Holiday. Shouts to the bunch. They, they've, they've really proved their worth here. The last two years uh, before this, you know, they were the 
they were the, the best team in the East and all the pressure was on them. And I said from day one, if there's going to be a year that the Bucks get to the finals, it's this year because everybody's focused on Philly. Everybody's focused on Brooklyn. They can just be able to fix what they got to fix, fly under the radar, and do what they got to do in the playoffs. And they did just that. So, you know, I'm really excited for the Bucks. You know, either team wins the NBA Finals to me. It, it really doesn't matter. I'm not rooting against anybody. So I'm looking for a good series. If it's a short series, okay. If it's a long series, okay. I just like the fact that we have two teams that have not been to an NBA final in a very, very long time. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with Grindhouse Radio's own Tom Greer on a Saturday. It's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, yeah, we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast, my man Barry Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, man? What happened? What you what you, you want to say to people? Shout out to somebody else's podcast. Yeah, don't make it to join. What's up? All even. All even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this girl something. All even. Yo, you. Oh my god. What's up with you, man? Now you go. Well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all all in the game? All even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. All even podcast, right? All yeah. even. That's your man? My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. You cool? 100%. He cool. Is he? He cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. 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 Call him up, 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 call him up. I'm beating for a reason, trying to stay undefeated, yeah. Call him up, 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 call him up. game of the season, don't lie, we're all leaving, yeah. Who we have on the show today is a very, very well-known guest around Long Island. He's the co-host of an award-winning show called The Grindhouse Radio. Welcome to the show, my man Tom Greer. Hey, what's going on? Thank you very much for having me. Very much appreciate you. Uh, you let me be here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, so um, you know, big fan of you guys' show. It's 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 really good, really funny. Um, Thank you. So, so I definitely want to just give you, you know, the the, the floor to kind of get your social media stuff out there and kind of introduce yourself to the crowd. Oh well, yeah. No, so it's I'm um, I'm Tom Tom Greer. Um, it's uh Mr. Greer mostly on on the Grindhouse Radio. Yes, sir. Uh, you can my all my social medias are at it's Mr. Greer. Um, I've pretty much kept it simple. I've been able to get that handle down for the most part. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's it. It's uh, at it's Mr. Greer. Uh, the Grindhouse Radio is a we're kind of like just a basically like a pop culture, current events, uh, celebrity interview based show. We kind of just sit down and bs for two hours about you know uh what you know we what our daily weekly happenings are some of the pop culture news uh, uh you know current event news topics and then mostly wrap it up with a new celebrity guest interview every week which is which is pretty fun um yeah. it's pretty cool because like i came from um i don't know i don't know if you know them but i was a really big opie and anthony fan when i was okay. a kid yeah, i know them yep. yeah i was a huge fan i used to listen to them in the car with my mom like all the time <laughs> and uh, what I loved about them is they were a show where it was it wasn't your typical morning show. It wasn't your typical radio show. It was literally just they would sit down and it would be like a group of people just sitting down, hanging out, just having right. a conversation. And I loved that because it didn't have that rigid uh, radio style 
you know, it was very free flowing and just let people be themselves. And I feel like that's what we've been doing um, with the Grindhouse Radio. Definitely, um, definitely. I uh, I do a me and my other co-host, uh, Kim, we do a Disney podcast, which is called The Magic Kim Tom. That goes out every Monday. And uh, I do another show on the Earplug Podcast Network, uh, which is a sports show called Today with DW, the sports edition, where me, uh, my other co-host, Herb and Hank Pelton, we just talk, you know, we just talk mostly sports uh, every Tuesday from I think it's 630 to eight or 630 to 730. Depends nice. on depends on how much we have to talk about that day. Right, right. Um, but and I'm always and literally I'm always trying to think of new podcasting ideas or new content ideas. I literally that's all I'm ever all day, every day is all I'm thinking about is new, new types of shows or things that we can wind up doing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, listen, you're, you're a very busy man. And, you know, when you love what you do, it never feels like work. That's the way I look at it. So, you know, let's kind of start from, you know, the origin story, like, you know, where you're from and how. How did you, you know, at what age did you actually like develop this love for, you know, sports and everything else? Well, uh, I'm well, I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm uh, live out in West Babylon. Uh, so where I my my love for sports, it's um, it's a love hate. I'd have to tell you, because I, I, I like to say my sports fandom started around like five because okay. I'm, I'm you know, when you I feel like when you live in New York, for the most part, you just get like sports is just shoved right in your face. because oh, yeah. You get the Mets, Yankees, Knicks, Nets, Rangers, Islanders. But uh, I grew up from the jump. I was a Mets fan and I was a Giants fan. In fact, my dad told me that if I if I was either if I grew up a Jets fan or a Yankees fan, he was going to make me live in the treehouse that he built for us outside. <laughs> I was like, you know, like that seems cool, but I like indoor plumbing and I like electricity. So, right. you know what? I'll stay. I'll stay a Mets fan and, and a Giants fan. And maybe just maybe he wasn't kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no, exactly. He may not have been kidding. But, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, funny enough, my dad's a Ranger fan or a Ranger fan. He doesn't really watch a lot of hockey, but um, my uncles had had season tickets to the Islanders for years and he used to take me all the time. So I just fell in love with the Islanders and, um, you know, it's uh, it's been real trying, I'd have to say, because, you know, growing up a Mets fan and an Islanders fan, I really don't know much success. Like, right. you know, the Islanders have been good for the past like three years. Uh, the Mets are the Mets. And uh, the only team that I have that's given me any semblance of success is the Giants. Right. So. um, So, yeah, no, my 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 sports fandom started pretty early. And uh, I have to say that it it affects me a lot more than it should. I am I am one of those people that like if my team loses, it ruins my day. Giants games, if they lose on Sunday, it used to it used to it's gotten better, but it used right. to just ruin my week. Like it would just be like, this is this is brutal. Well, listen, that that's that's something that me and you have in common because, you know, I'm a Mets fan. Mm -hmm. I am an Islanders fan. Hell yeah. Uh, Grew up a, you know, I didn't support any of the local basketball teams because I grew up a Lakers fan. My mom was a, a Laker fan from jump. She told me, listen, it's either Magic Johnson or nothing in this household. <laughs> so, you know, okay. I, I, I never had an affinity for Jordan or anything like that. But, you know, grew up, grew up loving all these other teams. Like, I, like I said, you like, you know, you, you said it best in regards to like the Mets and the, and the Islanders, like we're natural sufferers. We don't know yeah. success. We don't know what it feels like. And, you know, just a couple of days ago, I, I don't even know how long it was the game seven loss Tom, That was one of the most brutal losses I've ever had to experience. Like I'd rather get blown out by eight, nothing 
but to lose one nothing on a shorthanded goal yeah on the road to the mm-hmm. best team in hockey that hurts <laughs> well no what you see what hurts even more is the fact that the the, the like, I don't know if you've been catching up I don't know I, I haven't been watching a lot of the finals just because of how upset I was about yeah. that game seven loss but from what I've from what I'm seeing, it looks like that it looks like that Tampa is just gonna mop up the Canadians. Yeah, they're, they're the best team. Yeah. yeah you know? But what I'm saying is, it's like the the Islanders Tampa series was basically the Stanley Cup Finals because Hell, whoever the last two years. Yeah. If we would have, if the Islanders would have beat Tampa, I have no doubt in my mind that they would have they would have taken t- uh, Montreal to the cleaners. Yes. Yes. You know, like they would have they would have just stomped them out. And, and that's what hurts even more. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, this I was actually having this conversation with uh, with with a friend of mine recently. So like typically, I, I'm like you're you're like I said. When you whenever you whenever you bring up the fact that you're a Mets fan or an Islanders fan, mostly Mets fans, I always like to say long suffering. Like I'm a long suffering Mets sufferers. Exactly. Yeah. So you can see the pain in the eyes when people say that they're Mets fans. Oh, I got uh, so many scars, so many scars. (laughs) But uh, what I like to tell people is like, you know, usually when one of my teams like the Mets, even the Giants, uh, if one of my teams gets that close and they don't win it, I assume okay, well, I guess that's it for a while. Like, we're going to go into the tank, and it's going to be bad for a few more years before we get back. The Islanders, actually, are the first team I can remember that I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be back. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that within the next year or the year after, like, they're going to be back. Like, this is is a team that's well-constructed. They got good people running the organization. Like, they got a good coaching staff, good GM. Like, they have an owner that is fully supportive, but he's like, look, I'm just going to hire hockey guys, and I'm going to let them do their thing. Exactly. Just get out Um, of the way. Yeah, so I like – Sure. Yeah. That, that game seven loss, that's going to be haunting. I can't, you know, like, I don't know if I'll ever forgive Nick Letty for letting that shorthanded goal be a thing. Haunts my dreams. It's brutal. But (laughs) I, uh, I was actually, it was funny. I was out with my girlfriend out in, um, I don't know if you know, Croxley's on in Farmingdale. Yeah. I was out there with my girlfriend and I was meeting a bunch of her friends. And this is the first time I was meeting a lot of her friends. And I was like, I just want to let you know, they're probably going to think I'm a lunatic because I'm they're We're all going to be having a conversation and everything. And I'm going to be glued to the TV watching game seven. Like we picked the wrong time for me to meet a lot of your friends. For the exactly. First time. It's a bad, <laughs> just a bad day. I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize in advance. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. I can't, I can't look away. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's game I, seven. I agree with you. The thing is, is like, like you said, like they, the, the, the organization, the foundation that they've built over these last three, four years, it's very, very sturdy. It's stable. It's the best it's been in more than a decade. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's it, it looks good. Plus, we're opening the new arena. And who knows when you have that new arena money? Can anybody say Ovechkin? Well, well, the only problem I know that right now I know that they are they're over the cap, like yeah. way over the cap where they're going to have to dump some salary. Um, I hope. Crossing my fingers that uh, Seattle takes one of these guys that right. uh, that that is making a lot of money, and um, I know that they've been linked to Phil Kessel. Maybe oh, yeah. a trade for Phil Kessel might be a thing. And I know that I saw that uh, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko of the Blues. Yes. Um, we're on his no trade on his no trade list. I mean, I, we're we're one of the teams that he would will be willing to waive the no trade clause for. That's good. So that's very good. I'm yeah. I'm I'm all about like they they need. That's the one thing that they've needed. Like the team Absolutely. is very stout defensively. They have they have good players like they've really good that they need that that other w- scorer on the wing. They yeah. don't have that. They haven't had that for the past couple of years. And and it's been killing them because they yeah. just don't score enough goal. They'll lock teams down. 
They will keep teams from scoring, but they will not score enough goals themselves. And yeah. it's really been killing them. No, I agree. I agree. You know, we, we go on these long droughts where we don't score and, and it's, it's frustrating, man. Like the defense, it puts so much pressure on your defense when you can't score, when you can't get shots on goal, like stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm very confident in what they're doing. Um, I, I have all the confidence in the world in the front office. And I've, I've said over the last few years that the greatest gift that John Tavares uh, gave us was leaving. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, I have to thank him. Thank you. You didn't for think about it because none of this would be possible if you were staying here. <laughs> yeah. You know, you didn't, like, you didn't really think about it. Like, right. like it, at first I remember the, the, when that happened, I think I took, I literally walked up into my room, grabbed my John Tavares Jersey and drove it to the, uh, to the Salvation Army. And it was funny because there was a guy like loading the Salvation Army truck with all the, the stuff from this. the bins. Just take it. And I just walked up and like, please take this. I don't, I don't want this anymore. I'm never going to wear this again. Um, but yeah, when you think about it, like he did it, like John Tavares, as much of a great player as he was, and as, as, as many good memories as you can think that, the, right. that you had with him as an Islanders fan, him leaving was a blessing in disguise yeah. because it let the team, let the team, I feel like, like other than Barry Trotz being the best coach the Islanders have ever had since Al Arbor. Absolutely. Um, it brought the team together. Like it yes. brought a team that, that everybody just kept saying would live and die by John Tavares and let the team say, yeah, he's a good player, but we don't need him. Like we're right. a very good group. We're a stout group, a sound group. And we're going to make this, we're going to make this a winner. And the last three years, that's all they've done that since Barry Trot stepped in the door, all they've been is a, is a sound offensive and defensive minded team that know how to, how to, how to win games. It may not be high scoring, but they know how to win games and they know how to lock teams down. Right. And it's, it's been a, Amazing to see. I agree, man. I agree. You know, they, they really galvanized around each other in the organization when that happened. Like, you know, that there's not a lot of times where you see a franchise do that. Like normally it goes the other way where the yeah. franchise will go down in the tank. But they really said, you know what? We are going to build. We are going to build the right way. If you didn't want to be a part of this, like we don't have we have no ill feelings towards them, but we are going to move forward and we are going to prove that we are one of the best teams in, in, in hockey. So, you know, I love what they've done and I'm proud of the Islanders. I, I don't want to keep saying that I'm miserable because the last couple of years have been nice. But man, man, that game seven. Every time I see an Islanders fan on the street, we just kind of give this head nod and it's just like and then we shake our heads and it's just like, it's all right. You know, if I can hug you, I would hug you. But, you know, it's COVID stuff going on. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, what no, I mean? look, it's 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 it hurts. It really, really. I get it. it it's a it's a it's a real because you're just so close. Like you have the cup, like the, yeah. the fight for the cup right there. And you just have it ripped from you. It hurts, but it's just right. like, I, I, as much as it hurts, like I love, I do love these feelings because yeah. I got the opportunity to be here. Like I wasn't sitting there at the beginning of the playoffs with my team playing golf. Right. And, uh, and, and, and didn't the have journey. the experience of the journey. Like, like I, I, I'm a, like we're Mets fans. 2015, the oh. end of 2015 sucked. Granted, the end, the 2015 World Series, but the it wasn't a whole lot of fun. Beautiful. But the run to get there, yeah, was probably some of the most fun that I've ever had. And that's why I always say it's better to be a Mets fan and an and an Islanders fan, or at least a Mets fan, because Ranger fans, Ranger fans, you don't come at me because you got one cup since polio was created. Right. So get out of here. It kills me. Like, oh, you guys, when have you ever won a? When have you won a cup? Like, yeah. what? talking about yeah you won a cup in 94 and then before that i'm pretty sure world war ii was still a thing so get the hell out of here um the only thing that they have their hat that you know to, to hang their hat on is the fact that they got to a stanley cup but you lost yeah. 
Who yeah, cares? You lost. You like, lost. Doesn't matter. Exactly. But you see, now here's the thing. Now, the reason I say it's more it's better to be a Mets fan than it is to be a Yankees fan, because Yankees fans have to live and die by the championship. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, like yeah, Yankees fans, if the Yankees, if the Yankees don't win a World Series, it's terrible. Like they yeah. just they don't enjoy anything. Us Met fans, I enjoy any semblance of success I get. I've seen oh, yeah. so we've seen so much garbage in our lives that so like much. even sure a loss in the playoffs is gonna hurt. Sure, a loss in the World Series is gonna hurt. But at the very least, I'm going to enjoy the whole run. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. I'm right. going to be losing my mind. My stomach's going to be in knots, but I'm going to enjoy the tension of the run to a championship rather than saying, oh, this season was a failure because yep. we lost in the in the championship. I mean, we lost in the playoffs. No, I agree no. with you, man. I agree with you. You know, that that year, 2015, I think I might have been to 80 plus games, including, you know, I, awesome. I, I went to some World Series games that year. So it was it was a great experience. Like, you know, I saw one team in the World Series. We lost. But the feeling that the energy that that building had that entire year was just it was special. So oh, you know, City Field's I, one I, of the best arenas I've ever been uh, in. City Field's one of the best stadiums I've ever set absolutely. foot in. Absolutely, man. So, you know, it was um it was amazing. But I, I definitely agree with you. So let's kind of let's kind of go a little backwards now. How did you. Uh, start with with uh, Grindhouse like you know what was that process okay so um, it was actually so like I said I grew up listening to uh, Opie and Anthony and yeah. um, and uh, Elvis Duran in the morning and stuff like that I listen I, I grew up listening to a lot of like uh, morning shows or like yeah. just 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 talk radio shows um, so I always I always kind of had a love for the sit down and just have a conversation kind of style show and everything so I um, I went to a school called it's no longer on Long Island but it's called the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Oh, we went there uh, too. I did. Too. Oh, you went there? Yeah. <laughs> did you go to the one in uh, in Westbury? Yes, I did. Hey, no, yeah, that's exactly where I went. That's where I went. It was uh, it's probably like seven or eight years ago. Okay. It might be even nine years ago now. Nice. Probably cl- getting close to that. Um, so I went there for a little while. Um, I finished the program, and then what was what was funny was. Um, I, I think I took a break because I was literally just pounding their job boards over and over trying to find new opportunities. I got a I got a PA job on a movie once um, I got in for an interview with WBAB. They said no. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me just I need to do something. I need to at least use my craft that I just learned. So I hit up one of my old one of my old classmates that I was uh, that I was in there with. And I was like, hey, do you want to do a sports show? Because the school has had an Internet radio station at the yeah. time. I was like, you want to do a sports show? And he's like, yeah, sure. So we would go in, we do the sports show. We just sit BS back and forth, put it all together. And then the school, for some reason, whoever ran their internet radio station was not great at it. And our <laughs> show would never get put up or they put up old episodes. And I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Right, like, right. Well, I go, what do you, you want me to do it? I'll do it for you because <laughs> you guys clearly have no idea what you're doing. Um, but then one of the, uh, one of our old co-hosts who's no longer with us, um, he uh he worked there he was he was he was a guy that you know he ran the front desk he he helped with appointments um he was editing ghr he was editing the grindhouse radio and uh he was like hey do you uh, um me and my my partner on the sports show he's like hey do you guys do you guys want an internship and i was like what do you mean he's like well we need some help editing audio clips we need some help editing like celeb drops like hello my name is insert celebrity name here right. you're listening to the grindhouse radio he's like we need help editing that stuff and I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And, uh, you know, we started doing that, you know, editing those clips. And then, you know, we started sitting in on shows and uh, and then it literally morphed. And I think it was a span of like a month or two. They're like, hey, do you want to edit the whole show? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I mean, you guys have known me for two months and you're already putting your entire show in my hands. But right. I guess so. Yeah, no problem. I'm not going to say no. 
because uh, I don't say no to opportunity. Any opportunity no, I think could benefit yes. me, never Absolutely. say, never say no. It doesn't matter if I'm not comfortable with it. I will always say yes. Right. Um, but, you know, so I uh, started editing the show and then um, my partner who was doing the sports show with me, he left to go do some other stuff um, to pursue some other things. And I just stuck around and uh, it morphed into an on air role because they would just, you know, I was there all the time. So they just let me have a mic and just talk. Um, and it started with a little sports segment in the show. I have like a five minute sports update in the, in the middle of the show. And then it just morphed into me joining the conversation, joining like the, the banter between everybody. Nice. And, uh, now it's going on seven. Yeah. I think we're in our seventh year. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, I got a full-time, full-time on-air role, just, you know, just a part of the gang, just, just BS it back and forth, um, and I gotta say, um, I've I've gotten to experience a lot of things that I never thought I would ever get to experience in my life. You know, like I never thought in a bazillion years that I would get to sign at any Comic Con, let alone right. San Diego. Um, that was cool. Um, but yeah, no, man, that's how it started. It literally just started because I had an idea of going to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and seeing what it could offer me, and I just said yes to one of the first opportunity, one of the first people that gave me an opportunity, and. Here we are now. <laughs> That's what's up, man. I mean, listen, you know, you you took advantage of the opportunity that was available to you. And, yeah. You know, that's 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 what they taught us at the schools. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you 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 work hard, you you bust your butt and it'll, it'll pay off eventually. You know, I um, it took me a while to get there to the to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Like it took me like like eight years because I was like on and off. I would have things to do and other obligations yeah. and certain things. And then um. 2019 came and I was like, you know what? This is the year I'm going to do it. This is the year I'm going to do it. Um, didn't go until, until yeah, it was 2019. And then I graduated October of 2019. Graduated and then, you know, like you said, you, you got all the resources and stuff at, at your disposal and COVID hit, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, school's gone. All the resources are gone. What the hell am I going to do? So I was like, I'm not going to sit down on my couch. So, you know, started my podcast and, you know, I'm approaching a year and um, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, it's been, it's been great, man. I, I love the journey. So, you know, just like you on a, on a smaller scale, like, you know, I appreciate the journey and the stuff that I've learned and all that stuff. And you guys are, you know, you're winning awards on the Island. Like, you know, it's a, it's a really, really, amazing what you guys are doing over there Absolutely. hey man like i said it didn't like it didn't all start like like it didn't all start right away you know right. like it it you, this is like a lot of those a lot of that stuff that we had done like it it came after you know three four yeah. five years doing 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 the show you know so like that's all it takes like that's what i love that's what i love about like we used to um before the pandemic, we used to travel Long Island and just go to different libraries. Yeah. And we would hold podcasting events. It'd be podcasting 101. So nice. literally we would uh, we would have a PowerPoint presentation. We'd get up on stage or get up in front of a classroom full of people at a library. And we would just explain to them all the stuff about podcasting because, you know, like I love it because um, I got told no by so many people um, <laughs> within the radio industry. Like right. I got told no, um, no they answers. Love, they love to say no. Oh, they, they do love, like the, and they the love only to way, not even answer you. <laughs> yeah. The only way you're getting a job in radio in New York is if you know somebody or you have or you go out of state and come back. And right. I was like, you know what? I really don't necessarily want to do that right now. You know, um, I don't want to go move to freaking the middle of nowhere in Wyoming 
to run coffee for some DJ in in a radio station. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So what I love about podcasting is the fact that, sure, there's a there's a lot of podcasts making it in pot, making podcasting your business, your 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 breadwinner. It's not easy. No, it is not a fun. It's not an easy thing. Um, But the way I looked at it is um, if I enjoy doing something like if I'm enjoying doing this, I get to do whatever I want for the most part. I don't got to worry about program directors uh, telling me what I got to talk about. I don't got to worry necessarily about FCC regulations. I don't have to worry about anything. All I have to do is is come in, sit down, put together content that I enjoy doing. And for the most part, if I'm enjoying it, because I the one of the I, you probably learned this when you went to CSP. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That if you're not smiling behind the mic, the people that are listening can, they, can tell they'll, they'll, they'll hear yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. one of the first things Joe Rock told me when we were there. Um, if you're not enjoying it, they're going to be able to tell. Right. And uh, that's what I love about podcasting. It's just such a free form of media that you can literally do whatever you want. And, um, you know, people will come like if you keep doing it, like you may not jump into the thing and have like millions or thousands of listeners right away, but you'll get somebody like yeah. somebody will find your show and, and start to it. listen. Yep. And then all you need is the one. You just exactly. need the one or two people to start listening. And then it just spiders from there. You right. know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you're going to start a podcast. You're going to be Joe Rogan in a couple of years. No, but I'm going to say you could start a podcast and you can you can at least get a, a, get a fan base together that enjoys what you're doing. And really that's all that matters is that yeah. somebody listens and somebody's enjoying it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and also too, I, I'd love to, to get your, your, your opinion or your, or your take on this is burnout real. Have you, have you experienced that? Because I haven't experienced it yet, but I've had a couple of people, that have gone through the process of getting that burnout and then they either return or they don't. So is that something that, you know, you've experienced or you've seen other people go through? And is that something that's in the back of your mind at times? Oh, no, I've definitely, I've definitely experienced being burnt out, you know, like, um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's a part of, I feel like it's just a part of, it's, it's a part of this business or it's yeah. a part of this, 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 form of media that we're this getting grind. into you know yeah yeah the grind because you know like uh you know i do i do the grindhouse radio every week uh we record it on mondays put it out on thursdays um i do my disney show i do my sports show i actually i forgot to mention i do another one on wednesdays from 2 to two thirty, called truly inconsequential where we take two characters from tv or movies and uh, we debate whether or not they're consequential to their stories. Oh, and then dope. we debate which one's consequential to the other. You know, that's so cool. we do that. Um, so, no, yeah, I definitely get burnt out because it's just like, you know, when you're doing so many different shows, or you're trying to come up like literally, like I told you, every single every day I'm trying to think of another show or create. another form yeah. of content to just create and do because like I'm I'm never satisfied. Like right. I to be honest with you, I know I know that. I know that I'm okay. I'm good at what I do. I know that I'm good at editing audio. I know I'm good at podcasting and stuff like that. I know my show, our shows. I know that there's some, there are fans listening to it. I know that, but I'm never complacent. I don't like, I personally don't like anything I do. Like I'll listen to everything that I do and I'll hate it. I'll just be like, this is just, this Uh, is good. I get it. I get it's good. I just hate the sound of my own voice. So like, I'm always, I'm never satisfied. I'm always like, okay, so this was good. What's the next thing I can do? Or what's the next thing I can create to just, to just get people to listen more or get people to be interested. 
So no, I definitely, I definitely burnout is a thing. And, uh, and, uh, you just have to, you just have to weather the storm, get through it. And, um, and, uh, don't let it like, if, if you are feeling burnt out, maybe take a little bit of a step back, take a breather, take a break. Just don't give up. Right. You know, don't let the burnout, don't let burning out be the thing that stops you from doing something that you love, because at some point when you give it up, if it's if it's something that you enjoy doing when you give it up, you're going to regret every second of it. Absolutely. And and I, I completely agree with you in regards to that, like me and you kind of have the similar mindset that, you know, it's just, OK, what's the next thing? Like, OK, I've done this. But what's next? Like, you know, I do my show. I do the all even podcast Tuesdays and Saturdays. Then on Wednesdays, I do a uh, Instagram live where, Mm. you know, I talk about sports. And then Thursdays, we have an interview show where we interview like ex-athletes, media personalities. So, you know, the entire week, man, is is just filled up with with content. And, And I'm always thinking about, okay what's next? Like, what can I be able to do? What, what else can I be able to do? Like, it's just, it's just constant, constant, constant. And I love it. Like, it's not something that is just like, Oh my goodness. Like, here we go. Like, I, I gotta wake up and do this, or I gotta, I gotta do this live at eight o'clock. Like, no, I'm just like, all right, I'm ready to roll. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, let, let's, let's do this because you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always ran my mouth about sports to my friends, to my mom, to anybody who will listen. And they're just like, okay, just, just, Put a mic in front of your face and get out, get out, get out of my way. Just get yeah. out of my face. You know what I mean? So, you know, the fact that I'm able to do this, it's it's so rewarding on so many levels, man. Like I, if if you would have told me a year or two ago that I'd be speaking to, you know, ex-athletes, guys like, you know, uh, um, Josh Powell from the Lakers, uh, uh, you know, 49er Hall of Famers. Like, like I've spoken to so many different people and I'm like truly grateful for the experience, man. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. You never know. You never know where something like this is going to take you. You never know who it's going to connect you with, who it's going to who it's going to put you in front of. You know, like I literally um, this past week, this past Thursday, I got to um, I don't know if you were a big um, were you big like Invader Zim fan or Angry Beavers fan cartoon as a kid? Invader Zim, I used to watch a little bit. I wasn't really like huge into it, but I I, I definitely know of it. You know what I mean? Well, R- Richard Horvitz is nice. the is the voice actor behind Invader Zim. I he watched that. A, I watched yeah, that interview. Yeah, yeah. He he's literally he's one of the the two. I I I love everybody that we've gotten interview. They're all really amazing. But the two people that I love more than anything one that we get to interview is Richard Horvitz because he's a voice of my childhood and he's just a really great human being. I never thought I would ever get to speak to him. And probably one of the most uplifting people and inspirational people I have ever gotten the privilege to meet in person and speak to is a DMC from run DMC. Wow. He is literally, I literally like, it's just like, I never thought I would ever get to speak to that man. Like I literally, I listen to music all the time. I, I like, and I remember like the first time he came into the studio, like I'm sitting in my chair and he's like literally with an arms reaching me. Like he's literally like the chair next to me. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is, this is, this is DMC. This is like one of the legends in the rap game. Right. And, um, he's literally one of the coolest, most genuine, most like inspirational human beings you will ever meet in your entire life. And it's just one of those things that when you sit back, you're like, wow, man, like, a few years ago, I never would have dreamed it. I never would have thought that this would even happen. I never would have thought that I'd be in this oper- in this position, right. like doing this, you know, right. like, again, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, I'm, I, I don't measure my success or success 
based on the dollars and cents that I'm bringing in. Yes, exactly. a lot of money is a thing. Like you yes. need that to survive. You need that to, to to pay your rent, pay your bills. I get that, but you know, I I measure my success on the on if I'm enjoying doing it, if people enjoy what I'm doing, and the people that I get to meet along the way. And it's amazing the amount of the amount of times I've been able to sit back and just be like, wow, I can't. I can't believe this just happened. I can't believe I just got done with an interview with one of the greatest, you know, people in entertainment, music, period. It's yeah. it's an unreal feel. It really is an unreal feeling. Nah, listen, I'm with you because I felt like that when I interviewed recently Jerry Blevins. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm I used to root for Jerry Blevins on my TV and he's in front of me and we're speaking about his career and he's we're having a back and forth. That was one of my favorite interviews. Like, you know, if you ever have time, like, you know, go on my YouTube channel uh, page and, and look at all these oh, live yeah. exclusive uh, interviews. We, we got some good ones there. And the, the, the most fulfilling or rewarding part of that was the end of it. When he told me, he said, look, man, so you got a, you got a good show. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not just telling you that, like, you know, you really have a good show. And to, to hear somebody that was a professional athlete and he's on your show and he's telling you that you're good. That's cool. You know what I mean? It's good. Like, yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's cool. Like I don't, I, I don't need any money. Like it, it's just the fact that Jerry Blevins said I was all right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's, that's cool for me. That's, cool. that's the validation that you need is the people that the people that you look up to are the people that you enjoy that, 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 that the people that you were amazed that decided right. to come onto your show when they right. go out of their way to just say, Hey, this was a great time. I had, this was, this show's amazing. Like those are the things that you just that'll always stick with you from yeah. from for the rest of your times doing this. Those are the messages that are always going to stick with you. And that right. that's that's amazing. Uh, Jerry Blevins is the man. I freaking yeah, Jer Jerry. Yo, he is so funny. So, so funny, man. Oh, yeah. He, he's a he's a great interview. If you ever if you ever get him all like, he's retired now. He has nothing to do. So you can definitely <laughs> be able to reach out to him. And he'll probably yeah. say, oh, yeah, I'll definitely come on. But like, you know, shouts to Jerry Blevins. That's my guy, man. Really, really funny guy. Really inspirational as well. And the other one, like, it was when my mom said that you're good, right? Like, you know, your mother yeah. will always tell you, oh, you know, yeah, I'm always supportive. But she was like, really? I watch ABC Channel 7 all the time, every day. And when you interviewed Ryan Field, I was like, my son interviewed that guy. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. she's like, yo, I, I, he was talking to my son. Like, that's that's cool. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. The, the, the journey of this, like, it, it's just amazing. Just like you said, the doors that it opens, the, the experiences that you've taken from it, that, that you've had, that you will continue to have, you know, it's just, it, it, it's amazing, man. I, I just, I love every part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. You know, like it, uh, it, like I said, it becomes a little taxing sometimes when you're just trying to think yeah. of new stuff to do right. and, and, and everything, but it's just, it's fun. Like I, I, I try not to get like I, I try to just always bring myself whatever if I'm ever struggling or like we're ever burnt out. I'm ever burnt out like we were talking about before. Right. I just remember, look, we're just we, we're here to have fun. We're yeah. here to just sit here and 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 just enjoy yourself while you're doing it. And like I keep saying, as long as you enjoy what you're doing, you enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Other people people will come. It's like, right. it's like the, it's like the, it's like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> exactly. If you enjoy what you're doing, people will come. Yeah. I That's say that how... all the time. If you, yeah. if you build it, they will come. Like you just got to wait, man. You just got to be patient. And a lot of people, when they get into this, they don't understand that 
you know, they only they see Joe Rogan, they see the end product, they see Joe Button podcast, they see all these other big podcasts out there, and they're like, oh yeah, I want to do that, but you don't know what it took to get to this point. Like, yeah, it took years for them to build that following, to build that brand. Yeah, of course they built they they had a following before that, but could you imagine being a person like myself that's starting from the ground up? without a following it's going to take a while and oh yeah and if you don't understand that going in you're in the wrong business really oh yeah don't. i mean like it, it didn't it helped joe rogan a whole bunch that he was a successful stand-up right. comedian he did fear factor he was a part of the ufc right. so yeah he had platform like like podcasting isn't what isn't necessarily what got him to where he is he exactly. started the podcast and that blew up because and it still took him a while he's yeah. it still exactly it still yeah. took him a while a lot of people look at uh Caller Daddy, the the, right. the podcast that used to be with Barstool, signs for sixty mil. <laughs> yeah, sixty million to be a Spotify exclusive. Like people look at that and then they they get discouraged. It's like don't be discouraged. Like right. th- those people got there because they they started, they did right. something, and right. then it got them to where they were going to be. I'm not going to say that I'm never I'm never going to tell somebody, look, you're going to start a podcast and you're going to be you're going to be the next sixty million dollar podcast. Right. I'll never tell you that because that's just a damn lie. Like yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably not going to look in all honesty. It's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. But uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. That doesn't mean you can't get to to interview really awesome people. It doesn't mean you can't make money. Like, right. it really doesn't mean you can't make money. You know, I'm living proof to tell you that podcasting can make you money. Right. You know, like I'm not saying look, I'm not saying that I'm rolling around in a in a mansion or I'm rolling around the nice cars and stuff but like that. Money. Yeah. But as has 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 my podcast allowed me to travel to places that I've I'd never been otherwise. Right. Absolutely. I'd never been. I'd never been to California. Never <laughs> been on the West Coast once. I was in I was in uh, I was in Vegas for my 21st birthday nice. before way before any of this. Yeah. Um, the furthest west I ever traveled. But the, but the Grindhouse Radio, uh, we were successful enough. They invited us to come out to San Diego Comic Con. That paid for my that paid for me to go out there. I didn't I personally did not pay a dime, you right. know, so, you, you know, like podcasting can be can can be a financial resource for you. But again, you just have to get in, get into podcasting because it's something that you enjoy doing. You just love sitting behind your microphone and BSing for a little while. And uh, and and the success will come. The people will come. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I enjoy being obnoxious behind this mic because it just <laughs> it just makes me. I, I can be myself, you know, I can just be exactly. myself and be obnoxious and say what I want. And people are like, you're nuts. And I'm saying, thank you. Like I, I that, yeah. that's a compliment in the podcast world. You call me nuts. I, I, I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's like you called me nuts. The only reason you think I'm nuts is because you were listening. So thank you. I appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> exactly. Now, what movies are you into, Tom? Uh, um, like I what type of like genre wise? Like you, you a comedy guy, you a sci-fi guy, action. I I kind of I like most things that aren't horror movies. I don't like horror movies. Really? Um, I like, yeah, I'm not a huge horror movie guy. I don't like to. I'm one of those people that I don't like to pay to get scared. <laughs> so like I, even 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 during Halloween, I don't do haunted houses and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You know, like I'm I don't do haunted houses because I'm too afraid that like I'm gonna just jolt and like punch someone in the <laughs> face because they jumped out at me. But um. No, so I like comedies. Um, I'm a big fan of anything that Marvel puts out. Um, I have to say, I know I do. I mentioned I do a Disney podcast. I love, for the most part, anything that is a Disney movie. Disney, Pixar, love all that stuff. Um, but did yeah, you, no, did I'd say like anything the remakes. Horror. Did you like the remakes of the uh, the the Lion King and and all that stuff? 
Mm, not really. Yeah. You see, the problem with the Lion King, I didn't actually, I didn't actually watch the remake of the Lion King. Really? Yet. No, I didn't. I because the problem with me was is I saw enough of the clips of it, and I was just like, I, 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 I heard a lot of the things where it's like, you know, they're not obviously not real animals. Right. So, so, but they went after the real animal style. Yes. And they said that it's really hard for the animals to convey the the same emotions that the cartoon ones did in the original. So you'll lose a little bit of it in translation. You know what I mean? It's not it doesn't have the same warm feel as the original did. You know what? You know what? I, I can't I can't agree with that a bit, but it's it wasn't even that for me, Tom. It was more the script. It was oh, more really? the dialogue and the monologues. It just didn't hit like the, the facials or whatever is fine. But the, the everything was just different about how they portrayed the 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 characters in the movie that yeah. that that was the part that i didn't like you know what i mean like jungle book was good the remake yeah. i, I like that one but yeah that was good else was just like ah, ah. yeah i'm I, my problem is, is like i don't like when they when they re- i know the reason they're rehashing a lot of these movies because you know the ips are up and they yes, gotta yes, basically yes. keep them and stuff i get that but you know um I, I don't like when like, there's no Lion King was gold. It was an amazing movie. Gold. So like when you're when you're trying to redo it or trying to do something like different, you're just never going to capture that same right. magic, right. you know. Um, but the only other the only other remakes that I didn't really have a massive problem with were um, were uh, Beauty and the Beast. I thought Beauty and the Beast was, was done good. pretty well. Yeah, that was all right. And I didn't think Aladdin was all that bad. You know, like I thought Aladdin was pretty good. And I thought for for making it his own. I thought Will Smith, who was the biggest caught the biggest heat for being genie. Yeah. Um, I thought he did pretty well for making it his own. So like, I, I actually very much liked Aladdin and uh, the other ones I'm really not a huge fan of the other <laughs> remakes. I really wasn't, I really wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, of. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I didn't watch Aladdin because the thing is with me is that every time I see Will Smith, I just get upset because it's just like one of those things where every time I look at him, I always remember in my head that he said he never wanted to do comic book movies because there was no money in it. And oh, yeah. after a while, now he's he's in Suicide Squad. All of a sudden, now you want to get into the genre. Like, don't, don't do that. As a nerd, I don't want you in there. So every time I see yeah. him, it's just like I always remember. I love Will Smith, but you know, it's just like, eh, I, I'm enough of him now. Enough. Of him. I f- no, I feel you. It's kind of like the. Uh, it's kind of like how Steven Spielberg came out and said that. Uh, came out and said that. Uh, that he doesn't support Netflix movies or doesn't think Netflix movies are real movies, and now he's trying to partner up with Netflix. Right. It's like, oh, okay. So now that you realize that yeah. Netflix, you know, is a viable movie source and makes a whole bunch of money, right? And nobody's and going whole, to the movie theaters anymore. You now you want to be involved. You mean that I can get a hundred million dollars from Netflix? Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. They, they, they're great. We'll, we'll be able to collab and do something in the future. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I yeah. Get that. I mean, I agree with you. You know, Disney, they have all these IPs. They have to, they have to, you know, rehash them or what, you know, every once in a while and stuff like that. But have you, out of the Marvel stuff that they've done, I, cause I love the series that they have on, on, oh, yeah. Plus, which is your favorite? Because I haven't watched Loki yet, but everybody's telling me about Loki. It's awesome. Um, I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier, my personal favorite. But which one was your personal favorite? If uh, right now it's right now, I th- I don't know if it's because it's just fresh and I'm just watching it. Loki's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Loki's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, but right behind it has to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, just because 
I loved the two characters. Yes. I was so unbelievably pumped when I realized, well, not realized, but when, when they were going to make Falcon cap yeah. Captain America, yeah. I was like, this is going to be so freaking amazing <laughs> because I seen, I've seen Falcon's suit in the comic books. Right. I was like, that's going to look sick on in real life. I just, I just, I just felt that this guy was going to be awesome yeah. as Captain America. And I think he's going to be awesome when he gets his own solo movie. Cause that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, but I know Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought was really cool because I felt like it was a more like down earth, real life kind yes. of like it wasn't super crazy. I know that Bucky's a super soldier and everything like that. And I know they were dealing with super soldiers and everything like but it that. Was, it was a real feel. It was a yeah, real it had a real feel like you ta- like, yeah, yeah. You know, you had two fringe characters that that weren't necessarily the most important in the Marvel Universe, but you made them important. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then why I loved WandaVision just because I, I'm I love yeah. I'm an old I love sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> and when I found out that they were just going to be basic, it was going to be Wanda having a mental breakdown yeah. and going through all the different sitcom styles. I was, was like, so this cool. is cool. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. Like I hated everybody complaining about it. Like, oh, it's taking forever to build up. I'm like, I love this. Yeah, I love that we're doing black builds, and white sitcoms. Slow, build, slow bills are the best, man. Honestly, yeah. like when they did Malcolm in the middle, I was like, OK, you got you got me sold. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, like yep. I was sold on that. So yeah. yeah, definitely, man. I I agree. I think Marvel Marvel just does everything right. Um, yeah. you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like the part that I loved about that series, the part that I loved about the two characters is that they weren't friends. Yeah. But their common bond was a guy that wasn't here anymore. Yeah. And that's what kept them together. The shield is what bonded them. Their their affinity for Steve is what kept them together is what created this friendship. And now they're going to be able to build on that friendship because of that. And it was, it was so cool about how they kind of like put that together. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. I loved, like, I, I just, I was so excited for this series coming in because I, I, I very much, I liked both characters and um, I thought it was really good. They were finally going to, that they were going to push them to the forefront and make them bigger characters within the MCU. Yeah. And that's what I love about. That's why I like Disney plus um, because they had Marvel has so many characters that they could pull from. And now if the, if they don't feel like the characters are suited for full length feature films by themselves, right. We'll just give them a series on Disney plus. And you know what, with the, the people running, running Marvel for Disney, all they do is hit home runs. It's literally, they, they they can't lose. They can't lose. Yeah. Like even they, their they, worst movie, like even even Age of Ultron, which is the one that everybody likes to say isn't their best Avengers movie. Was okay. It's still good. It, I still it, like it. Exactly. Like you know, you, you see the thing is with Age of Ultron, and I want to know if you agree with me with this is that you have to watch it more than once. Yeah. Because if you watch it more than once, certain things kind of sink in, and it's like, oh, okay. Like I kind of missed that the first time. It makes sense now. I understand little things more. So that's a movie that you have to watch more than once to really let things kind of like dial in. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's uh, it's definitely one that you have to watch more than one time just to really get the feel for it. Yeah. And look, look, they've come out with so many movies. They've done it so many right. times that obviously they're all not going to be home runs. Like right. they're all not going to be the most amazing thing to ever hit the movie screen, but they're still good. You know, like like, like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy too. I thought it was I love I, I I definitely didn't like it as much as the first one. Yeah, but uh, no, I def I just I just like the camaraderie between all those characters. I think it's absolutely hilarious. 
Um, but yeah, exactly. Like Guardians, Guardians Two was not as good as Guardians One, and but it was still, you know, it was still, it was still a yes. good movie. It was yes. still a good. You like you still enjoyed it when you sat Absolutely. down and watched it. So, um, no nah, man, I uh, I'm right with you. I am literally all things Marvel. I I have I've my only thing is I have Batman and Joker tattooed on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, because. <laughs> Batman is my Batman is my favorite, like one of my favorite superheroes. Batman, the Batman and Joker dynamic is my favorite superhero yeah. dynamic. Um, but other than that, Marvel through and through. Tom, you are you are you are my man. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're my guy because my left arm, I have Batman in the inner arm, I have Red Skull and Captain America's. I have a like a a a, a, a smoking shield, That's cool. and then on my forearm. I have Star Wars, so I have That's a cool. whole bunch of Tie Fighters. I have the Death Star. I have the the I have a Palpatine and Vader. So though these are my guys, like you know what I mean. Like I I love Marvel, but I'm a DC guy, and I'm telling you, when they did the Snyder Cut, I think I've never been locked in to a movie for four plus hours and just been like this. This is good. <laughs> like, like this is good. Like the entire movie was just well done. And it's just like, why, why is Warner so backwards? Why they just didn't allow Snyder to just do this, just do this instead of the crap that they put out. You know what I mean? Well, I think what happened was I'm pretty sure something happened um, with his family. Like I think somebody, I think he had a passing in his family. I don't remember like if anybody's listening, you could at me if you want yeah. and just roast me if I'm not getting this right. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure there was something serious that happened within his family and he had to step away from the project. And then that's when the cuts started happening. Yeah. Um, because he wasn't there to finish it. Uh, but I, I didn't actually watch the Snyder cut. You just because I've, I've been told that I have to. My only problem is, it's like I got so jaded about the Justice League. Yes. I, I when they announced the Justice League, to be honest with you, I did not have high hopes because I'm like, Marvel took 10 years right. like, to, to build to the Avengers. Yes. DC was like, okay, Batman versus Superman, uh, Justice League. Like we right. had two movies and that we had one movie and then bam, it was Justice League. So and that's that's the problem with Warner is that yeah. you know, like people don't realize that Marvel failed. Like, do you remember the incredible Hulk with Eric Bana? That was yeah. awful, awful. And that was like, okay, this is bad. We need to reset and we really need to like dig up everything, start from scratch, get some good people in here, get some great writers in here. And we need to really take our time with this because we can't afford to mess up again on a colossal, like on a, on a big scale. Because if we do, there's not going to be any Marvel universe. So yeah. they had to take their time. DC on the other hand, it's like, yeah, we want to be that. Like, no, just take your time. If they would have went at their own pace and just, and you know, made movies, built up their characters, had good uh, character arcs and all this stuff, then people would be invested. I, I, I completely a thousand percent agree with you. I, I, I'm one of the, probably the few out there that loved um, Dawn of Justice. I love that movie, but okay. I never thought that, they would rush a Justice League that quickly. It was just yeah. like, just let this kind of, you know, let this build a little bit, man. Yeah. And and when it came out, I expected it. And plus all the back, the back, um, the, the backstage stuff in regards to Affleck and you know him stepping away from 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 being Batman and all this stuff. And they they're going with another direction and all this. It was just like, oh my god, like 
it's already falling apart before it even starts. And yeah, you know, it, but but the Snyder cut, I'm telling you right now, so I'm like, I I was jaded just like you, but I I had to watch it, and I said, you know what, you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, I I'll, I'll probably do. And also, what what kills me is that it's it's not like it's not canon. Like right. It's, it's not like no matter what happens in the Snyder Cut, I was always like, but it's not canon. Like, yeah. even if I watch all this four hour movie, it's not going to mean anything going forward. Right. None of this matters anymore. None of this you know? matters. Right, right, right. But what's weird is, is I wonder what they're, I, I do always wonder what they're doing because we're still getting a Flash movie with the Flash from Justice League. Right. We're still getting a, another Aquaman movie with the Aquaman from Justice League with uh, yes. with um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Jason uh, Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Yeah. But we're getting a new Batman one, we're getting Keaton's coming back as Batman for, for the Flash movie. For Flashpoint, right. And then um, we're getting a new Batman in Pattinson. And I How just like, uh, you know, actually, surprisingly enough, I'm I'm willing to give it a chance. <laughs> and the reason I'm willing to give it a chance is, and this is my argument for everybody that likes to hate on me with, right. this, with this take. Everybody hated the idea of Heath Ledger playing the Joker. Everybody hated it. When I'll that do, first got announced, I'll nobody one, was a fan. I'll do you one better, and then you can, you can go ahead. Um, yeah. People hated Michael Keaton. He's the best Batman. They, he Remember, he was a comedy guy, and when yeah. he was announced, there was backlash like you never imagined. Yeah. And now... People are like, oh, that's the guy. So, yeah, go ahead. Man. I just wanted yeah. to like put that. No, yeah, there. no, you're right, though. Yeah. See, like people don't always necessarily, like it might not look like the best cast. Yeah, it might not look like the best situation, but it very well could be. And uh, look, I'm not I, I don't really. Only thing I know Robert Pattinson from is when my girlfriend back in high school, Twilight, Twilight movies. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I know him from. I didn't watch him yeah. in. I didn't watch any of his other movies. I, didn't, right. I don't remember him in the Harry Potter movies. Nope. You know, so I I understand that he's got a big hill to climb, but I'm willing to give him a try because the movie itself sounds really cool. Like it yeah. sounds like they're doing the early years of Batman. He's just going to be super detective comics like I know the Riddler is going to be like a real freaking serial killer almost like it's yeah. going to have a really old school noir style movie. Right. I'm with that. I think that sounds so cool. Um, you know, I'm not going to go out here and on a limb and say Robert Pattinson best. Here comes the best Batman. Right. <laughs> not going to do that, but I'm going to give it a chance. I'm definitely going to give it a chance. Yeah. I, listen, man, I'm I, as long I, as he I, doesn't talk like this, as long as he doesn't talk like he smokes like 13 packs of cigarettes a day. I'm good. What was with that? Like his voice got weirder after every movie. It just got deeper and weird. I'm just like, what? what are you doing? I get into an <laughs> argument with my friend all the time over this. My buddy's like, he's supposed to change his voice because he's not supposed to sound like Bruce Wayne. I actually like the voice. I'm like, I get it. But guess what? Batman is a billionaire. Why doesn't he just put a voice changer in the cowl like Ben, Aff ben Affleck's Batman? Exactly. exactly. Does he have to? Does he have to sound like he's got emphysema? <laughs> like, Why? <laughs> why? I'm telling you, man, I, I completely agree. But, you know, going back to the Pattinson thing, like I, I when the news broke, I was just like, all right, Twilight guy. He doesn't look the part. Yeah. He's a smaller guy. I'm like, well, what are they going to do with this? So I was very, very like put out about it. Then I saw the trailer, the tease. I was just like, OK, I still hate it, but I think it's going to be good. So this is my take. I, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not a huge Pattinson supporter, but I feel that this is going to probably be the best Batman movie we've ever seen because they're putting 
so much resources and there's a lot of great actors and actresses in this movie that it's going to be really, really good. So whether you feel, however you feel about Pattinson, the movie itself is going to grab you and say, that's probably the best Batman movie I've ever seen. I, I can agree with that. I can absolutely yeah. agree with that because I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, of all, I feel like of all the DC movies that we've seen over the years, They've always, for the most part, nailed Batman. Yes. Yeah. You know uh, I mean, other than the Clooney stuff. But other than the yeah, yeah. We uh, I just I always just forget that that even existed because <laughs> I just that was terrible. That was a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> but other than that, other than Clooney, I feel like they always nail a Batman movie. So I'm pretty confident that they'll figure it out with with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And um, the only other the only other two people that I I was I was hoping they were gonna cast. Um, I thought Josh Brolin would have been a really good Batman. Not bad. But- um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal might have been a really good Batman. You, you know, I was I, I, I like that Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I like that casting. But I, if they weren't going to go with a younger Batman, if they were going to go back to the older Batman, I would have liked the guy like John Hamm. Ah, uh, yeah, him too. John Hamm, I, I think. I been cool. thought that he would have been an amazing Batman for some reason. Like, he just has, he just has the look. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does. He has the, he definitely has the Bruce Wayne look. Down, yeah, like yeah, nailed, yeah, yeah. like easy. Um, but no, and it's you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I love, like I said, I love, I love my Batman. I literally, I literally defend Batman to the death. <laughs> too, like it's, it does not, it is like he's my favorite superhero. Here, here's, um, a, here's a question for you. Here's a question. Yeah. For you. Who's your favorite Batman? Oh, like of the actors? Of the actors. Okay, well, and if you right, and, so, and I need and I need you to rank them, rank them in order. All right. So now, does 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 it have to be live action? Uh well, if because you're go, if you're gonna go with the animated series, I, I mean, listen, you know that's the guy. My favorite Batman of all time. He's the Batman that's tattooed right. on my arm. Is is the Kevin Conroy Batman? Yes, yeah, Kevin it's, Conroy. It's, yeah. Kevin Conroy is the gold standard, but we're we're not gonna put him in there. Okay, right? right, we'll put him in. Live, there. It's just gonna be the live action stuff. Okay, it's uh, it's Keaton. Keaton. Uh, then I'd have to, I'd have to go with um. Well, it's Michael Keaton. Val Kilmer isn't even on the list. Like he's in the basement. He's really? at the he's yeah. no Val Kilmer. He was not good. He was it, like <laughs> he, he was not he, him and Clooney are basically in the same room together. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I'd have to go with Michael Keaton. Okay, then Keaton. I'm going to go with um, with Christian Bale. You go Bale. Just because I'm going to forget the voice for a second. I thought visually in the suit, he looked good. Yeah. The fight scenes are pretty good. And the movies themselves um, were really good. Yes, yes, yes. And then for classic reasons. Adam West, he's going Adam right West. there is number three because it's out. He's the classic, you know. He's right. he's the Batman on TV, and then at the bottom we can interchange Val Kilmer and and uh, and uh, Val Kilmer. It goes Val Kilmer, then then um then Bat George Fleck? Clooney. Oh then George oh no, Clooney. well Batfleck. I forgot about, about Batfleck. Batfleck <laughs> definitely goes ahead of uh, Val Kilmer, and um, and so it's it goes uh it goes Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, Adam West, Batfleck, uh, Val Kilmer. And then uh, George Clooney at the bottom, okay. rounding it out. I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I, you know, I, you're gonna highly disagree with me, but I just loved Val Kilmer's Batman. Did you really? Okay, I love Val Kilmer. Listen, it was a little cheesy. The, the movie itself is cheesy. Like those movies were cheesy, but he, I think he was really, really good. Like I think, I think he looked good in the suit. I think he was a pretty decent uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, I, I I liked I liked how he depicted Batman sort of. So it wasn't it wasn't terrible for me. It wasn't Clooney esque. So if I'm gonna rank them, I gotta go. I'm going Keaton. I'm going 
Batfleck. I love Batfleck. Sorry. Okay. Fair. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bale because although, like you said, like the you know the voice killed me, but he did a lot of great stuff in that movie. The movies were really, uh, really, really solid. Uh, and then I will go. Then I will go Kilmer, and then. I gotta go Adam West. Uh, yeah, I, th- that's my top five. You know, it's not it's not a disrespect to Adam West. I love the guy, but you know, it's just you know those those live action movies are 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 my favorite. And then you got the TV show. So you know, I, I just think that Batfleck really, really embodied the grizzled, old, jaded Batman. Like he's been yeah. in Gotham for twenty years. You know, he he doesn't trust anybody. He's just He's just so surly and so over it that, you know, he really embodied that. So people don't give it its its fair due. But I think over time, I think though that movie, those movies are going to be like, you know what? He was pretty good. I would have liked to see Ben Affleck at his own Batman movie. Yeah, I, I mean, that I was the plan. That was the plan, yeah. man. I think I think his solo film would have been really, really good, man. Yeah, I could totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I think I think the only reason I put him so low on the list is just because I didn't have enough. He of didn't him. have a solo. I, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have enough of him as just Batman. Right. Um. Because I think I personally think he did better than a lot of people thought he was going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a yes. lot of people. Again, it was another one of those instances where Back everybody off. just killed the casting right away, and you don't give him a chance. Like I think he did a lot better than everybody. Everybody said he did. 100%, 100%. So I'm totally. I'm totally with you on that. Um. And. Uh, yeah, no, I'm dude. I'm totally. I'm. I. I. can't hate that list. Adam yeah. West. I always put Adam West at the. Uh, like I. I just give him there. Put him there for respect. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. like a darker Batman yes. more than the funny yes. quirky Batman. I, I like the. I like the brooding, dark Batman. And I think also one of the beefs I have with Val Kilmer's Batman is I just personally feel like that Batman should have been Keaton. Keaton should have just mm, continued because yes, that yes, was another yes. that was another Tim Burton movie. I believe, yeah, it was right? a Tim Burton movie. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Keaton yep. should have just stayed with Bert, Tim Burton and just continued the series. You know I what agree. I mean? I agree. I definitely agree. So it's definitely good to see Keaton come back in Flashpoint because I- I'm telling you, once you see the Snyder cut, that bad taste that how they depicted Batman in that movie will completely get washed away. Okay. And I think, I think, I don't know if I'm right. You know, people can be able to, 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 you know, email me or, 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 or tell me that I'm wrong, but I think the Snyder cut, they are building off of that. Like they're building an entire universe based on, so that flashpoint movie is going to have some, some semblance of that, of that Snyder cut. And then they're just going to go from there. So they're 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 reigniting everything now. I hope so on that Snyder cut because it was so successful. It got such great reviews that people want to see more. Yeah. And if they're gonna go down that direction, they're gonna have success. And they're they're gonna be able to, you know, I, I don't like to compare and talk about competition. It's not, it has nothing to do with competition. They'll never compete with Marvel, but they can be able to create their own little niche here. They can be able to create their own little their own little cubby in this comic book world. So, you know, I'm really excited to see it because I think Flashpoint is going to be a very, very important movie in this entire um, DC universe. I hope so. I would like to see DC just pick it up a little bit because I think DC nails it in their cartoons. DC nails it on TV, even though I'm kind of over a lot of the shows that they have on the CW. Right. Um, 
So I just I would just like to see them finally nail it on the movie screen. Like, yeah, I'd I love agree. to see them be able to figure it out and put a good universe or a good string of movies together. Like, don't just like I again, I love Batman. Yeah. Don't just live and die by your next Batman movie. Like, right, I would right. like to see more people get more characters, get their shine. I'm totally disappointed with what they did with the Wonder Woman movie. Like the second yeah, Wonder uh, Woman but, but was not as good as the first one. Did you hear? Did you hear the uh, I can't remember the director. The director and and uh, Gail Gadot, she, they they had some issues behind okay. the scenes, and there was there was some threats saying that he's gonna he's gonna like destroy this movie for her and make her look terrible and all this stuff. So what you see in this movie, if if all those allegations are true, it makes sense. It really really makes. Oh sense yeah, because you know it was what, not as good. It definitely wasn't yeah. as good as the first one. They yeah. definitely did her wrong. So yeah. Warner Warner's definitely um they they've cleaned house. They're trying to clean up their house. So I, I'm 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 excited for them, man. Now, are you a big Star Wars guy? Oh, I love Star Wars. <sighs> See now I have to lean back in my chair a little bit though because the pain, the pain of those last three films. Can you please explain to me? What happened? <laughs> I think uh, I think it was, you know, it's 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 really hard, you know, because I, I, I personally look, I I get that they weren't as amazing as the original trilogy. Right. I'll get I get that totally. Um, the problem I have is I don't think I think it's very hard to get as good as the original trilogy. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, I think the good part about all of these other Star Wars properties that are coming out, like, yeah. um. Like uh, the Mandalorian, uh, which is the, very good. I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't watched a single episode yet? Not a. Oh, it's amazing, dude! It's amazing. It's yeah. it's it's all offshoot stories. Like that's what I love. It's offshoot stories of 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 either the original story or a new story. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think they I think they tried to mimic the original trilogy with new stories, and it just didn't hit. You know, right. like they tried to redo a New Hope with Ray. Yes. And it didn't hit the same way the original new a new hope did. Like they just basically tried to reskin the original trilogy rather than do new, well-developed stories. And um, I think that was kind of their problem because all yeah. of the movies, like they they hold some real similarities to the original trilogy. Like you, there, there are times yes. where you're watching and it's like, did I just did I just did I just watch the first movie again? Did I just watch a new hope? Like what happened? Um, but I don't know if you saw this. Because John Favreau, who's been working with the the Mandalorian, he's been on for a lot of these new Star Wars properties, is is joining the um, joining the whole main team for Lucasfilms and Disney. Yes, yes. Word on me. word on the grapevine, or what I'm hearing is they're gonna basically scrap that whole trilogy. That they're basically gonna just restart the whole thing. Yeah, that. And, I, listen, if they do that, I'm I'm all for it because. I didn't. I didn't hate Ray. I, I didn't. I, I didn't hate her character. The problem that I had was the confusion that they caused because Finn, to me, looked like he was the guy. Yeah. That's where it felt like it was going after after the first film, right? But then after you know we we, we got different directors for every movie and we seen exactly the disaster behind that, right? Yeah. So um. You know, if they can be able to get back on track and kind of reboot things and and do something new, create a new story, I'm I'm all for it because I love my Star Wars. But I was just highly disappointed that 
after all of that, they would go back into the, the toolbox and kind of say, hey, what's the storyline we can be able to fit here? Uh, let's put Palpatine in there. But nobody wants to see Palpatine like that. Palpatine is gone. Like the, yeah. the fact that they resurrected him that way was the cheesiest thing that you could have possibly done. It was just lazy, lazy, yeah. lazy, lazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what I love. You see, that's what I love about, like, you know, um, instead of telling the same story, because that's what it was, you yeah. know, like I like the I like the prequels. Not, I know they weren't as they weren't as amazing as the original. Yeah. I like the prequels more. Prequels than are this. good. Yeah, I yeah. like them better than this trilogy. Yes, because it was. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was. It was connected to the original trilogy, but it was a totally new story. Like it right. was. A, it was a new telling of the story and like explaining how we got here. Right. What I like. I said what I felt like this new trilogy was was a reskin of the old one. Like it yes. didn't feel different. It didn't feel like you were telling me a new story. It felt no. like you were telling me the story of Luke Skywalker. Right. Only the difference is you, you made, you made Luke Skywalker, Ray, you made Yoda, Luke, right. And <laughs> like, and you still I, got old ass Palpatine <laughs> and you still got old Palpatine, you know, like I thought, I thought this was your opportunity to expand the star Wars universe. Like the, the like, give me a new story. Give me like, give me something that isn't the same thing. You know, that's again, I love the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian is a new story, a new character that we're not following a Jedi. We're following a Mandalorian, like a a bounty hunter. Basically. I love that. Um, The, uh, the, the clone wars. I love the clone wars because it was telling us new stories that, that filled in a lot of the gaps that the, the prequels left us. Right. Um, I, I love all that stuff. And I, I feel like they I feel like they basically came out with the, the, the this new trilogy because they were like, OK, we just need to come out with a movie that's a Star Wars on it. Right. Like we need to we just need to come out with a Star Wars movie. I don't care what the story right. is. It's just the front of the movie has to stay Star Wars. Right. As long as you good. as long as long as you got Star Wars on the front, we're good. Like, exactly. Oh, no, that's not what happened. Like, you know, what I mean, it went completely left. But if they can be able to re- revamp this, then I think they can be able to get those those hard, hard knocks fans, those really like devoted Star Wars nut fans to come back because yeah. a lot of people were really turned off by it. And, you know, they were so disgusted to the point where they didn't want they didn't want to watch any Star Wars um, movies after that. Like, look how bad Solo did. Solo was a disaster. That- know, in regards to just box office numbers, not, you know, if you liked it, you liked it, but it didn't do as well. You know it I mean? definitely didn't do as well, but I think Solo gets so disrespected. It does. It because does. that movie, I look, I understand. I understand the people that are saying, oh, you can't have Han Solo without Harrison Ford. <laughs> I, I, I guess I understand that. But if you sit down and watch the movie Solo. Yeah. Don't tell me that was a bad movie because it was right. like a, it was an awesome prequel space Western. Yeah. Like it gave you all the awesome like wild west in space vibes like i love i personally i loved solo i thought solo for for what it was was a great movie like and you know i thought like two of the best star wars movies that i've seen over over the like past few years was rogue one rogue one is amazing rogue Rogue one was so good yeah it's a new story it was a newer story it was a a story story. about people you had never seen before And you it kind of like filled in the gaps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was, it was cool, man. It was really, yeah. Cool. I love that. I, that's and again, like I, if you, if you, anybody's listening and hey, you haven't seen Solo because you're so jaded about the Star Wars universe, <laughs> just sit down, just, just try it, just try and it. give it a try. Like I'm telling you, it's not gonna look. It might not be your favorite Star Wars movie that you've ever watched, 
but it's a good it is a good movie. Solo warrants a second movie. Right. Right. I, I firmly believe that they warranted they they earned themselves a second movie with the way that that movie wound up turning out. Definitely. But, definitely. you know, it, it'll probably never happen because it didn't make enough money. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. So let, let's let's go ahead and segue into some sports, my man. Uh, you know, we are big time, big time Mets fans. Uh, yes. Right now, the Mets, they have, in my opinion, they've gotten decimated in the last week or so by the NL East. Yeah. And it's just they had a chance to really separate themselves and extend their lead in this division to double digit games. And what we're seeing right now is that they've allowed the pack to come back. Yeah. You know, Washington is playing out of their mind. Like Schwarber is hitting everything out of the park. <laughs> um, you know, the Phillies are starting to play a little better. You got the Braves playing a little better now. Like what are your concerns with the Mets right now? Are you, is it, is it the pitching? Is it the lack of offense? Or the way I look at it, do you do you dislike Luis Rojas the, the, as much as I do? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I I I'm more concerned about the offense. Like this team, this team should be hitting a lot better than they currently are. Like yes. uh Pete should be hitting better, Dom yeah. should be hitting better, McNeil most certainly should be hitting better. I'm not even going to say Lindor because obviously we know Lindor should be hitting better, but I think he is going to come and, around. And I'm, I'm giving him a pass. First time yeah. in the National League, you know, he'll he'll get it going. He'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about him. The dudes, yeah. the dude, I'm still beating the drum that the New York Mets traded for the best shortstop in the history of the franchise. Bro, that's all I'm, that's bro, what I believe. And, and even if he's not hitting the way you want him to, the defense. Yeah, exactly. It's when was amazing. the last time we had a good gold glove short uh, shortstop? It's Ray Ordonez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so no, the, the offense is my main concern. And look, I I I gave Rojas a lot of flack in the beginning, but with the amount of people that they had on the injured, the seventeen people that they yeah. had injured, yeah, the fact that they were able to still keep that team afloat makes me be like okay i have to give i have to give luis rojas a little bit of a pass do, i have to right. i have to let him you know i have to give him a little bit because he did keep a team afloat that had no business being afloat right but i i'm i'm only concerned because i knew this was coming like i knew that washington was a better team that they were letting on i knew that philly was a better team that they were letting on i knew most certainly atlanta was gonna wake up at some point right you know so i never in my life thought the mets were just gonna run away i never thought the nl east was gonna be a garbage division i thought that all these teams at some point were gonna wake up we're coming off of a 60 game season so people are already kind of off right you know so i i knew that these teams were gonna come on at some point the Mets are lucky that they were able to get a little bit of a lead in the division. Yes. Um. So they have they had a cushion that cushion since left because they're I think they got a two game lead in the in the yeah in the division two, right two now. And a half something like it, that. Yeah. It's something like that. It's not as big as it once was. Um. But I'm I out of concern. I'm mostly concerned about the fact that they can't hit right now. Yeah. You know that's the pitching has been unreal. Like the fact that they've been able to scratch all these all these pitches together behind Jake has been amazing. Uh, Jake and Stroman have been great. Taiwan Walker oh, looks amazing. like one of the best off uh, one of the best free agent signings of of amazing. any offseason I can amazing. remember. You know, and th for two years they got the guy for two years, right? Which is great. Um, if they can get, I know that there's been talks about Josh Donaldson maybe from the Twins because he's going to cost you nothing, um, or maybe Chris Bryant from the Cubs. That's who I want, man. 
I, me too. I want Chris Bryant. Uh, I'm a little nervous because I know that he's, he's a, he's a, he's going to be a rental. Like you're signing him for here, trading for him, for him to leave probably next year. Yeah. Um, but I would love Chris Bryant as a New York Met. Um, cause they need a solid third baseman, even with JD Davis coming back. I don't believe, exactly. I don't believe him as a starting third baseman. Yeah. Like he's good, man. It's just that I, I, I never, I never looked at JD Davis as an everyday, uh, everyday player. No. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's a great bench guy. He's a great guy that you can be able to play two or three times a week, but you know, he, he's not a guy that I want to see every day because defensively he's so bad. Next and, year, when the when the when the DH is in the National League next year, he's right. a perfect spot for exactly. a, he's a DH candidate. Like just just have him penciled in as a DH. But defensively, we can't uh, we can't have a hole at third base. We just yeah. can't. You know, no. you need to shore up that side of the infield because our because our our our, our shortstop and second base positions are so good. You need to make sure your third is good as well because you know as much as I love, as much as I love Alonzo, you know, he's starting to come along defensively, but he's not great. So, you know, you, you need to make sure that everybody else is doing their part to kind of like, you know, compensate for his, you know, defensive liabilities here and there. But I completely agree with you, man. I, I, I like Josh Donaldson, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, he's a little I old. Don't. A little old, you know what I mean? Uh, you know the contract is they're obviously they're gonna they're, they're gonna front the front the bill on that, but um, you know, do you want to do you want to invest into that this year? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the way. But if you're, I'd rather just go younger. I'd rather just like pony up some of the prospects and go get yourself a Chris Bryant. Like, just see go the ahead problem. And do that. The problem I have, well, the problem I have with tra- with doing that is I don't want to. Tra- a lot of the like uh, Francisco Alvarez, I, I'm not trading. Brett Beatty, I'm not trading. Oh well, no, no he's off limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mauricio, I'm not trading right, right. now. Um, I don't know who I would trade prospects wise to to go get Chris Bryant, especially since he's a rental. So I don't right. know exactly what the Cubs are going to be asking for. Yeah. Um, but that's why I would entertain the idea of Josh Donaldson, just because the dude still hits. Um, I know he's old. I think he's like 35 right now. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not necessarily looking to next year. Like I want to win right now because, because I need, I need to get Jake deep into the playoffs. Like, and the thing is, I think he's, I think he's had, he's batting like what, 250 and got like 13 home runs. So he he has some, he has some decent offensive numbers right now. So it's not, it's not a terrible move. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, I just, you know, and, and again, in terms of in terms of Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo is the perfect. I know we were just talking about J.D. Davis being the yeah. D.H. Pete Alonzo is the perfect. He's going to be the D.H. next year. It's going to yes. be Alonzo is going to be D.H. and Dom's going to be stuck back at first base. Right. And then we'll find a left fielder somewhere. Right. But right. that's that's the dream scenario. But um, no, in terms of this year, I, I they need to figure out some way to get this offense going because because um, Schwarber's not going to stop. And and Atlanta is most certainly not going to stop. That, that dude is just something else, man. Like he hit seven home runs against us in a series. Yeah, there's there are there are the Yankees front office is killing themselves right now. <laughs> well, killing they're kill, they're killing themselves for a lot of mistakes. But and, and I guess let's kind of segue into that because the Subway Series is here. Um, you know, do you see us winning this series? Because it's it's a battle of two teams that need to win right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I definitely could see them I could see them winning the series just because the Yankees have looked so miserable. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like I I know it's two teams that are desperate for wins, but I mean like the Yankees haven't shown me anything that's really all that impressive. 
Um, I know that their lineup is a lot better than they've been letting on, but they've been a real dumpster fire. The yeah. only thing I would be nervous about is the Yankees might be more desperate. You know, yeah. like the, the Mets are desperate for wins because they don't want to lose this lead in the NL East, but the Yankees are desperate to just stay relevant. You right. know what I mean? So because they are like, losing ground every day, every day. Like they are almost, I think they're almost double digit yeah. uh, losses out of the, out of the first place, you know? So um, double, double digit games back in out of first place. So, uh, I, but I think the Mets could absolutely win it because again, I believe in Taiwan Walker. I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Um, I don't know if they get Marcus Stroman in this series. Uh, I think they might. Um, I think the Mets have the so far superior, superior pitching. Yeah. Um, the bullpen has been pretty good. So yes. no, I think the Mets could definitely, if they can hit again, it's, it's an, if they can hit situation. Yeah, know? definitely. I, I, you're playing I, in a bandbox, So right. you're playing in Yankee stadium. So you could check swing home runs out of there. Right. I think, I think Alonzo may have a decent series, um, uh, in, in the subway series. I'm hoping. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts about what has happened to the Yankees? Like, if you were to put your finger on something, what would it be that would be the most alarming thing that you would say, this is the reason why they're so bad? I have mine. I, I would love to hear yours. Oh, well, I mean, they have a similar problem that the Mets do is they just can't they just can't hit with runners in scoring position. Like right. they I, they probably lead the league in in solo home runs. Yes. You know, like in, in garbage time when it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> it's uh, they 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 um, their lineup doesn't hit productively. Um, they literally strike out a bazo- like I knew like I was initially scared when they traded for Giancarlo Stanton. I was like, yeah, here we go. The Yankees are going to go on a run. But then I forgot they have Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. All those guys are going to strike out over like 400 times this year. And and who's going to be healthy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of them. They're not 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 one of them is going to be healthy. Um, you know, it also doesn't help that a this Chapman, this dude that you just paid an insane amount of money to to close games, can't close games anymore. So right. he looks absolutely garbage. There's just like I feel like there's just not one thing you can pinpoint to the yeah. Yankees. That's their problem. Like their problem is they have so many. They don't got enough guys in the rotation. They don't got enough guys in the bullpen. Their defense really isn't that great. And oh, by the way, they don't hit productively, you know, like. Whereas I'm a Mets fan, I like my bullpen. I yeah. like my rotation. The defense is still pretty. It's is still pretty good. Like you know, even with everybody liking to complain about us playing a first baseman in left field, right? Dom Smith's a good left fielder. I don't right. care it's what anybody bad. says. It's not bad. Um, the only thing the Mets have is they're not hitting right now. The Yankees uh, have a laundry list of issues. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I think my my biggest issue with the Yankees is is Boone, Aaron Boone. I think to to me has been the guy that sometimes when a team is struggling, yeah, sometimes you need a different voice and maybe that can kind of spark your team and kind of wake them up a little bit because Aaron Boone was hired to be the complete opposite of Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi yeah. was the guy like, listen, I'm the manager, get out of my way, stay out of my office, right? Yeah. You know, he, 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 he challenged the players. He was very hard with his players in regards to I'm the manager, you're the player. There's no friends here. We have to make sure that we get to our goal of winning championships and winning this division. These players, I guess, didn't really like that. So they went the complete opposite route of getting a guy that's, I pretty much call a babysitter. Like he, he's babysit this team over the last few years. And now when things are hard, he's trying to revert back to being that tough nose manager. It's too late. The cat's already out of the, the the bag. Like it's 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 something that I, I've never I've never seen the fit. I've heard a lot of Yankee fans they do not want him back. 
uh, next season. And I, I, I pretty much agree with them. I think it's time for them to, to find a new face of, of, of this, uh, of this team. My problem with a lot of that is, you know, I, like for all the shortcomings that Aaron Boone's had this year, like Aaron Boone did have the New York Yankees a step away from being in the World Series. I know that that doesn't count it for Yankee fans. I right. totally understand that. But my bigger problem is the way the team was constructed. Like That's true too. Yes. Like you're going to hear, like listen to, listen to New York sports radio. All, all you're ever going to hear is that the, the team is poorly constructed. They're all right-handed in Yankee stadium. Like, right. I don't know what you what what Brian Cashman oh, was thinking when he oh, made we that know, decision. We know what the truth is, though, right, Tom? Is that we know that Cashman has screwed up with this team, but he's not going to be the fall guy. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I, I, he definitely won't be, or he won't be, but he probably should be. You know, like, yeah, I, look, I again, agree. I'm not saying Aaron Boone. I'm not saying Aaron Boone is the greatest manager to ever step foot on a baseball field. But what I am going to say is like he can only manage the players that he's been dealt. And he's been dealt a lot of players that are se- severely underperforming players. Yes. And he like he can't make them play better. Like he can right. coach them. He can try and motivate them. But ultimately, it's on the players themselves that have to right. perform. Right. Aaron Judge has to hit. Giancarlo right. Stanton has to hit. Gary Sanchez has to hit. Like, sure, you can go at Boone. You can you can you can say Boone's not a great motivator anymore. Doesn't have his pulse on the team. I guess I understand, but it's mostly the fact that Boone is playing the hand that he's dealt and the hand that he was dealt is a dud. It's not good. So you know? that's a good point. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like my two biggest concerns is Aaron Boone and it's also Cashman. I think Cashman over the last few years, Tom hubris has gotten the way because he yes. believes that no matter what he does, it's going to be gold. And it's not because the biggest mistake that he's ever made was letting Didi walk. Yeah. Letting Didi walk was the biggest mistake because Didi was a glue guy. He was a great locker room guy. He was a leader. And when you miss a guy like that, you're looking at a team that has no captain. They have nobody steering the ship to be able to galvanize these guys in that locker room. Say, hey, listen, we're going through a rough patch, but we'll get out of it. Like they don't believe in each other. Yeah. They don't believe themselves. They don't believe in each other. They don't believe in the management. They don't believe in the, the roster, period. So there's a lot of issues, and it definitely does start with Cashman because the thing is, and I dive a little deeper into it because I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. Um, the analytics and the sabermetrics have, my opinion, really, really destroyed the game of baseball. Like what we see – right now in baseball is that everybody's all is too hyper analytical. Nobody's using their eyes anymore. It's all about launch angles and, 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 um, and, and exit velo and throwing a hundred miles an hour. Like a guy, a guy can't come into the major leagues right now, and throw 91 and, and paint corners. They're, 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 they're not looked at as guys that, that are viable options anymore. Guys that, that guys that are singles and doubles hitters and guys that steal bases they are not looked at as, as desirable guys. There's a problem, and it, it, it starts with the actual fundamentals of baseball, learning how to hit a baseball yep. instead of teaching these guys to hit the ball out of the park because analytically, according to the numbers, that's a better, that's a better hit than a double or a single. Like That's the problem is that these guys actually really around baseball don't know how to just hit a baseball. That's yeah. the problem. 
Well, I agree. And I, I think it, and I think it's more of just a, like, it, that's more of a conversation that you also have for the entertainment value of the game. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It might, it might be benef- more beneficial for me to hit a home run or try to hit a home run because it's going to get more, more runs on the board and odds are it'll be a deeper fly ball. You right. know, obviously maybe I'll even get on base. I'm trying to just hit a home run and worry about launch angle, right. but I'm talking about, but we're also talking about like entertainment factor of the game. If the, if the, if the goal of baseball is to either hit a home run or strike out, there's going to be a lot of action that's not happening on the field, which is going to lose people's uh, attention span. It's right. going to lose people's interest in the game. So right. I think you're right in a sense of we need to have more ideas of people just putting the ball in play and getting people moving, getting the game moving around right. and not just a bunch of guys standing around watching guys strike out absolutely or, uh, 200 times a season, 300 yeah. times a season. And that's the thing. It's like at no point in my baseball watching life did I ever think that at what at, at some point strikeouts would be okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like being a hitter, it's fine if you strike out 200 times a season, as long as you bang 35 home runs, knock in 90 RBIs, you get on your on base percentage is over 35%. It's fine. Like, no, that's not baseball. No nope. baseball. Baseball is a different sport than all the other sports. It's not a timed game. It's a game about adjustments and thinking. It's a thinking man's game. You're, you're, you're completely taking the essence of the game away by yeah. doing all of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? By taking away, uh, you know, situational hitting and guys knowing what to do, like the shift. If, for the life of me, Tom, you, everybody's lined up on one side like Little League and the guy is looking and the entire third base line is open. And you mean to tell me that that guy cannot slap that ball down third base line like this is why I'm saying that guys don't know how to hit anymore. Yep. They couldn't do the shift 25 years ago because those guys were slapping that down third baseline. They're getting triples and maybe inside the park home runs. Yep. They do that. So this is the problem in baseball is that you've taken the element of thinking the game and fundamentals out of it. And just all oh, based on the numbers, this is what we have to do based on the numbers of this guy and the leagues, This guy has to be at the top of the lineup. I don't, it's just, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally sense. with you. I mean, they've 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 taken a lot of the fun out of the game, and yeah, they've just man. made it. They've just made it more about, um, like how many runs I can score off for right. one sw- one swing rather than having table setters and putting guys right. on base to to score them. No, I I totally, I totally agree with you. And I wonder if I, I don't know what's going to be the deciding factor to change that, um, to change that viewpoint in baseball, um, but they need to figure it out. Uh, because yeah. it's, 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 I personally feel like it's murdering the game, you know, like 100%. it's, it's not as fun to watch anymore oh, when you're just watching not. guys strike out as much as they do. It, it really isn't, man. And the thing is, is like, at what, po- at what point did we, did we have to change the game? Like you see all other sports, football has turned into a passing game. We understand that it was a running game. Now it's a passing game, basketball. It's more shooting. There's no, there's no dominant, legitimate big man in the paint anymore. It's not clogging the paint. It's more spreading the floor out, yeah. you know, getting more shooters. It's made the game better. Even hockey, they speed, they, they sped the game up. There's more goal scoring that, that's going on. Spread guys out a little bit more. All of those things have improved those sports. Baseball is going the other way. Yep. Like baseball should have, like there was no reason to change that. If you wanted to speed the game up a little more in regards to certain guys that stay on the mound and they it takes them seven minutes between every pitch to pitch. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But the actual game did not need fixing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean, no, I absolutely agree with you. The game itself was fine. It's just you just needed to speed up a couple right. of things. Exactly. Right. Like, you know, I'm fine with the limiting the amount of times you can go to the mound. I'm yes. fine with if you want to do a pitch clock, fine, do a pitch right. clock. Right. But no, everything else about the game was just so great. And to just see where it's gone now, it's it's a little dis- disheartening and yeah. concerning. And yeah. I don't like that they're like, oh, well, all we're going to do is we're just going to move the mound back. It's like, no, just change your mentality. Try to change some mentalities and exactly. get the ball moving again. You exactly. know, like that's that's all the game needs. And also, too, what are your thoughts about the whole uh, sticky substance stuff? Like, uh, you know, well, look, I, I, uh, uh, it, it's kind of hard because like, I, I understand that this is a baseball's issue because baseball just keeps changing the ball itself. So the right. guys are using it to get better grips on the ball. Right. But I also like, if baseball is going to decide to say, this is illegal, you just got to stop using it. You know what I mean? Like if they decided to say no more sticky stuff, it's like, all right, no more sticky stuff. You got to figure out how to use it. Otherwise, you know, I don't want to hear pitchers complain. And it's like, it's against the rules now, you know, like I get yeah, it yeah. sucks but you just got to be able to deal with it. There are plenty of pitches in the MLB that are dealing with it. They're not using stuff on the baseballs, you know? Right. So if they can figure it out, you get paid millions of dollars. You can figure it out, you know? Yeah. I, I My thing is this. If you want to change a rule, change a rule. But my issue is that you don't change a rule during the season. Mid-season, yeah. You no, lose, change you. the rule after the season. You 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 fix things in the offseason like every other sport does in their collective bargaining agreement. Every I remember when the the – when, when the NFL had the, the, the catch rule, right, in regards yeah. to what's a catch and what's not. Everybody knew that it was BS, but they said, listen, we, we understand that people are upset. We're going to look at that after the season. Like, yeah. Could you imagine the backlash or, and, and the, the, the uproar that would happen if you do that midseason? You would, yeah. just change, you would just literally change the entire season. You would change how referees have to ref the game. At least give them an offseason to kind of prepare about yeah. how they're going to be able to ref these games. This right now is just like, this is a desperate ploy from baseball to like, hey, look at us. We're doing something right. Come watch our game. Like, no, this is, oh. not, this is not the right thing to do right now. Yeah, they were like, guys are striking out too much. Your guys aren't getting hits as much. So, like, we need to change something. We need you, to take something away from the pitchers. You doctored the balls. You doctored yeah. the balls because you people were hitting too many home runs. And I agreed with that because you got below average guys smacking 37 home runs a season. I understand that. But you can't make changes like that during the season. It's like, okay, you don't want pitchers to use any sticky substance on the, on the ball, right? But here's the hypocrisy in, in baseball, right? batters use pine tar so the bat doesn't fly out of their hands and hit people in the stands and hit people in front of them so if you're asking pitchers to now throw harder than they've ever thrown in the history of baseball 100 mile an hour fastballs they need to you, you need to find a way to hold on to those balls and certain guys have you know they have uh sweatier hands than other people certain people can be able to just use uh powder or something else and just be fine other guys may need to use a little something because they throw harder and they need a little bit more security. So I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. I, I think that baseball has more deep rooted issues than sticky substance. Honestly, really I agree with no. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I mean, like it, they probably, they probably made this change during the middle of the season because they know that, uh, that we're in for a work stoppage next year anyway. Yes. So yes. For the first time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, and, uh, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So you're a Giants fan. Big Giants fan. 
I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. I had to break the news to you that we were doing so well. Mets, Islanders. <laughs> now I had to break the news to you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Listen, I, I like what the Giants have done this offseason. Me too. I like the fact, uh, you know, I, I like their draft. I, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones, but he has the weapons that yeah. if he's going to succeed, it, it will be this year. If he's going to fail, he's going to fail because he's going to fail and not because the team set him up for failure. What are your expectations for the Giants this year? Do you feel that they can be able to, to compete in this division? Because my personal opinion, I have – Dallas is the best team, and I have Washington and New York kind of flip-flopping in regards to who can be able to be that second team and, and vie for that wild card. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think the Giants are going to be – I mean, like, it's really hard to not be a vastly improved team than they were last year. Yes. Um, I think – but I think you're right. I didn't. I was never really as out on Daniel Jones as a lot of people seem to be because I thought the Giants didn't really put him in a great position to succeed. You know, yeah, yeah sure, Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs that anybody's ever drafted. Right. I get that. But other than that, their offensive line was terrible for years. That's why Eli had the end of his career the way he did. Yes. Um, He never really – his number one wide receiver was freaking Golden Tate, who, look, I get Golden Tate was an okay wide receiver, but he's not – not a number one. He's no. not on the same level as uh, as Odell was when he was here. He's not a even three at best. Yeah, he's a number three at best. Um, so I think they finally gave him some a good supporting cast around him to. Yeah, you're right. If Daniel Jones doesn't succeed this year, that's on him. You can't yeah. blame the team at this point anymore. But I, and I also think the defense is really good. You know, yes. the defense last year, you know, it came on like that yeah. was an actual viable defense within the NFL last year. Like, Absolutely. you know, I know that their record wasn't amazing. But they came alive. And right. Patrick Graham saying that his dream job was being the Giants defensive coordinator is music to my freaking ears. <laughs> um, so, no, I think they'll be a good team. I, I want to say I think that they will be I think they'll be a wild card contender. Yeah, I don't want to say that they're winning a division right now because I still need to see a lot more than that. Yes. yes. But I think they'll definitely be a wild card contender and maybe surprise people and come out with a few more wins than 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 they did than they have been the past few years. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I Listen, I am so impressed with Joe Judge that, Me you know, I, I was very skeptical of him coming in, but he's proven that he is the right guy for the job, man. His, his temperament, how he turned this team around last year in regards to the professionalism that he brought, you know, they, they all had this, the Giants had this demeanor last year that, they were going to play hard no matter what it was. Like, yeah. they, they were in every game. They, were, they, they didn't get blown out much, much last season. They were pretty much in every game. So that kind of gives you some confidence that they will be a good team going forward. Um, Daniel Jones, I think his biggest issue is his hands. There's nothing he, – he can't do anything about having small hands as a, as a, as a person. And yeah. when you have small hands as a quarterback, it's going to be hard to really hold on to that football, especially – with a blindside sack, there's it, it, going to be a lot of stuff that he can't help. But I, I don't know. Hopefully, he can be able to find a way to kind of secure the ball a little better and um, and have some success. If not, then you you know they're going to go quarterback hunting after the, after this. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. If it's not Daniel Jones this year, they're going to find somebody else next year. That's yeah. that's going to be, you know, they're going to find somebody either. It'll be a, it'll be a retread more than likely. Right. But because uh, they can't draft somebody with the team that they have right now. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, if 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 the team flubs this year, it's because of Daniel Jones, and Dan, now you really know what Daniel Jones is. But right. again, I think this this is finally you have a year where you can decide that because he's got a team around him. Finally, definitely, 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 definitely. So you know, I'm, I'm very excited about my Cowboys. They're going to be on hard knocks. 
Oh, I uh, bet. <laughs> I bet. It's been the Cowboys. I, I always, I joke, my buddy's a Cowboys fan and I joke with him. Oh, is, is it the Cowboys year this year? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, the same way it's been the Cowboys year for the last like 20, right? We, we listen, if there's one thing about Cowboys fans is that we are very, very consistent. We will lose. We will be six and 10 and be like, you know what? Next year, it's our year. But and realistically, I like the team offensively. I wasn't a huge fan of Dak getting all of that money. Um, but if they're going to invest in a new, that's fine. They have the, they have the offensive line. They have the offense. The defense has been the problem over the last few years. Uh, you know, I want to see if they can be able to at least improve a little bit, bringing yeah. in Dan Quinn, you know, we'll see if he can be able to create that same magic that he had in Seattle as a coordinator. So um, we'll, we'll find out, but it can't, I don't think the defense can be any worse than it was last season. It was historically bad last season. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how good they can be able to be on that end. Oh, absolutely. You know, I just I, I, I my problem is I just feel like the Cowboys somehow wind up always being habitual underachievers like year, <laughs> yes. after, year after year after year after year after year. I hear oh, the Cowboys are going to win the division. No <laughs> doubt. Hands down. Going to win it. And then they don't. Right, so, right. you know, that's what and also I agree with you with the whole Dak thing. Like, I agree that Dak is a good quarterback, but. Right. To the people that tell me that Dak Prescott is is on the Pat Mahomes level, I will remind you He's the not. last time we saw Dak Prescott in a full season, the Cowboys went eight and eight and missed the playoffs. Right. So now again, that's not all on him. It is you do have to you do have to respect that the defense wasn't as amazing, wasn't really that all that amazing. But no, I think they'll definitely be a better team. You know, they have a good they have a good offensive weapons around Dak. Amari Cooper is good. Uh, Michael Gallup's good. Um, C.D. Lamb's good. Obviously, Zeke's good. Yeah. So I think they'll be a they'll be a good team. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to necessarily think that I don't know if they're winning a Super Bowl this year, but, you know, I think they'll be that they'll they'll definitely be if they're not winning the division, they'll they'll be close. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll definitely I for the most part, I'll probably pick them to win the division if you're going to make me pick, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, You know, the thing is, too, is that. I, I've been very critical of Dak Prescott. I'm not one of those cowboy fans that are just like oblivious to what's going on. Like, I'm a realist. Like, yeah. if you're good, you're good. Dak is good, but what I've noticed in the Dak Prescott era is that his teams have always found ways of starting very, very slow. Yeah. Like, you know, the team it will be down 21 nothing before we even blink and we have to find a way to fight back into the game because he's missing throws. He's throwing interceptions. He's fumbling the ball. Like, those things, he's making the big money now. You can't make those mistakes anymore. You have to be better. He's been good in his career. He needs to be elite yep. in order for the Cowboys to be where they want to be. He can't just be good. He has to be elite. He has to take that step to be in that Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson category. If he's not there, the Cowboys are going to be mediocre. And that's the problem is that there's a lot of pressure on the Cowboys in, on a whole, but there's more pressure, in my opinion, on Dak Prescott. Well, I agree, especially after he just got paid. I totally, yeah. I, I can't disagree with you any, I can't dis disagree with you on that. You know, like that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. After you get paid like that, you need to perform and you need to be the guy that's going to get them over right. the hump. Right. Totally you, agree. You need to be the reason why the Cowboys are winning instead of the reason why they're losing or they're down 21, nothing because, you, yeah. you know, through two bad passes in the series and now, yeah. now they have no rhythm. So yeah. The, the biggest story in football right now, obviously, is the, <laughs> the soap opera that's going on in Green Bay. 
between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers management. What are your thoughts about this entire dynamic? Like, do you like who who do you side with and do you see a resolution for this particular quandary? You know, it's really hard because I, I actually we talk about this. Uh, my uh, on my one of my co-hosts on Today with DW, the sports edition is a big Packer fan, big right. Packer fan. And uh, we kind of rip on him a little bit about this because, you know, it's it's, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks to ever step right. on the field. Right. Uh, I, you know, I I guess I kind of understand where Rodgers is coming from. You know, it's at the end of his career. The Packers have always come up short. They don't really involve him. In, I get from what I hear, from what you read, they don't involve him in a lot of decisions that no. get made and everything like and that. that which, and, that's, and that's their M.O. with every quarterback. Yeah. Now, my but my 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 counter is. Aaron Rodgers, like what team could Aaron Rodgers force himself to that's going to put him in a better position to win than the Green Bay Packers right now? You know what I mean? Like the Packers aren't trading him into the NFC. He will not be an NFC quarterback. You know, if he's going to be an NFC quarterback, it's going to be like when Favre went to the Jets, right. when he used the Jets to get to Minnesota. Right. <laughs> that was the whole reason he went there. Um, it'll be uh, Rodgers has to go into the AFC. Yeah. Okay, Rodgers goes into the AFC. Well, now if you go to the AFC, you have to deal with Baker Mayfield, um, Lamar Jackson, and I wait until the very end on purpose to say Pat Mahomes. Right. You know, so look, I understand. If you're in the NFC, you got to deal with Tom Brady in Tampa, but the competition to get to a Super Bowl is less than what you'd have to deal with in the AFC. So, like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I get you want more money. I get your situation isn't the greatest, but, like, where are you going to go that's going to put you in a better position to win than the Green Bay Packers right now? Because the Green Bay Packers have been one step away from winning the Super, uh, getting to the Super Bowl for the past couple of years. Well, I, listen, I can definitely see your point in that, but I'm, I'm going to go the other way because Aaron Rodgers is the reason why the Green Bay Packers are good. You take Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers away, they are one of the worst teams in football because Aaron Rodgers – does so much on that offensive line to be able to put people in position, to be able to make the throws. There's only there's only probably three or four quarterbacks in all of football that can be able to make the throws that Aaron Rodgers can make. And, yeah. and I, I can even say maybe two between him and Pat Mahomes, right? So this is the problem is that he's looking at he's looking at Tom Brady, he's looking at Aaron, uh, excuse me, he's looking at Pat Mahomes, he's looking at um What's the kid in, in Buffalo? Uh, um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. He's looking at all of these guys with these weapons, with this team behind them, and he's like, I've never had that. And the one time that you guys have actually spent money via free agency and got me players, I won a Super Bowl. Like, th that's how he's looking at it. When you went out and got me, you know, Woodson and all these other guys defensively, and we had a decent offense, we won a Super Bowl. So I need more help. Like, as you get older, as quarterbacks get older, they need more assistance. This is why Tom Brady was very calculated in regards to where he went. It's not the Tampa Bay didn't call Tom Brady. He called them because he was like, listen, if you, if you let me come there, I can be able to take that same talent that you have and we can be able to go places that you didn't go in, 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 in two or two years before that because the Bucs, they were a seven and nine team prior to that. So they weren't a bad team. They just needed more consistent quarterback play. Yeah. You, you put in Tom Brady and this is what you get. Now, obviously, you know, 
it was a magical season in regards to how it turned out. Nobody expected them to win a Super Bowl, but that's what that's what uh, Rodgers is looking for is that Green Bay in their history has done this. They did they did it to Favre. They're now doing it to Rodgers. Is that they feel that whatever move they make is the best move. No matter like if they have a guy that's up for contract, they don't give him extensions. They end up trading the guy or letting him walk. They end up, you know, doing terrible in, in, in the draft. Like, look over the last few years. We talk about the draft with the uh, the Jordan Love. They drafted the kid in the first round. They did not draft a wide receiver in the entire draft in a wide receiver draft. Yeah. Like, think about that. In, in a year that everybody got great receivers, Justin Jefferson was in that draft. They could have got him. Like, he goes to he goes to Minnesota. We all know the rest is history. But Aaron Rodgers is looking at it like, okay, you get Jordan Love. I don't have a problem with the kid, but get me some offense. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna allow me to be the quarterback that I need to be, let me do that. Because one more thing I'll let you go is that yeah. they didn't think that Aaron Rodgers would be the MVP this year. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that they thought Aaron Rodgers was on the downswing of his career, and he is. But they thought that he was regressing a little faster than they than they kind of, you know, calculated or imagined. He came back this year and won the MVP despite that organization. And I think that's that's the that's the animosity that he has because you saw, I saw him play angry this year. Normally, I don't see Aaron Rodgers play angry. He's just very cool and co- and collected. He played with a purpose this year because he wanted to prove to his own organization that I'm still the guy. Don't try to shut me out and try to send me packing because I'm still one of the best quarterbacks in this league. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, the way I'm looking at it is like, because I agree with you. Like, I think that the Packers, even though, even though, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers is the reason that they're that they're good. I get that. Um, but and then the Packers, I understand the Packers haven't done anything to really put stuff around Cheap. him. They haven't they haven't they've they've been they've been bar, they've been bargain basement shopping at Bar- best. Other than the De- <laughs> masters. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver they have. And he's great. I don't want right. to take anything away from him. Um, but my, my issue is like, I'm just thinking of it in, instead of a whose fault this is kind of situation. I'm looking at it from an Aaron Rodgers point of view like where can Aaron Rodgers go that's gonna make him be as successful as he is in Green Bay I get Green Bay hasn't given him the weapons that he needs he hasn't given him everything but like I said um Tom Brady went down to Tampa and walked he stepped in it like he stepped in the best situation he could ever think Chris Godwin Mike Evans OJ Howard um, I know that uh, Leonard Fournette was a late on addition. You didn't expect him to be as good, oh, but Leonard Fournette yeah. was great. Uh, Gronk came like there were so many pieces already in Tampa that Tom Brady just had to be inserted and they were good to go. Right. I can't think of many teams that exist right now that you can insert Aaron Rodgers into and they're immediately a Super Bowl contender. That's maybe, fair. maybe San Francisco, but again, Green Bay is not trading Aaron Rodgers in the <laughs> NFC. That's not, not nope. happening. Nope. Um, so he's going to go into the AFC. But again, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, why do I want to go to the AFC when I have to compete with Pat Mahomes? I have to compete with Lamar Jackson. I have to right. compete with Baker, right. even though he's better than light years better than Baker. Right. Um, but I got to compete with so many more talented quarterbacks that if I stayed in the NFC, I would be just fine. So yeah. 
I, so again, I don't know. This is like a really weird stalemate it of is. a situation. It is. The Packers are screwed if Rodgers leaves, and Rodgers, I don't know if he's going to get to a situation that gets him to the end game that he'd like to, other than yeah. more money. He can yeah. find a team that'll pay him a lot of money, but yeah. I don't know if he'll find a team that's going to win him a Super Bowl more than the team he's on now. Well, yeah, listen, I 100% agree with you. I think that it, it's it's a weird, weird situation because – the only option that I feel that Aaron Rodgers has is to retire. Yeah. Pull the Carson Palmer move, retire, and then sit out a year and then go somewhere else. Like that, that's the only option I see. If he really doesn't want to repair this relationship and it doesn't look like he wants to, or maybe he's just dragging this out to make them sweat like they've never sweat before. Maybe that's maybe that's his thing of saying, like, I, I'm gonna show you guys that you really, really need me. And the way you've been behaving over the last decade, have you, you haven't made me feel appreciated enough that if I was somewhere else, they would give me these things. Yeah. You guys are not giving me what I want, so now I'm going to make you sweat. And I understand that side of it because I, I always kind of side with the players in oh, regards yeah. to certain situations because, like, like, like I've discussed, like I said before, the older the quarterback gets is the more weapons they need. The better the offensive line needs to be. The better the, the just the overall weapons have to be. The, the sharper the defense needs to be because they don't have that much time left. The window was very short, very small. So you have to capitalize on, on that window. Uh, Tampa Bay has done that. They've gotten everybody back. They look like they're going to be one of the best teams, you know, in football again next season. Yeah. So you're, t- you're talking about Green Bay who was – arguably one of the best teams in the league last year as well. If Aaron Rodgers is not there or he's not locked in the way he wants to, they're going to take a step back. So that means that the NFC may be wide open for another team to kind of step in there. So, you know, that's, that's kind of his leverage is that, okay, do you want to go back into rebuild mode real quickly? Cause I don't think that you expected that the coaching staff is not prepared for that. Devontae Adams is not prepared for that. And we heard what he said that, you know, he may be out of town if things don't if things don't work the way he wants to. So you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of moving parts here, and you know, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it totally is. I'm I'm I've been I've been glued to this Aaron Rodgers situation for since it since it happened. You know, because I thought it was a joke at first, and now yeah. it's like really that Aaron Rodgers might not be a Green Bay Packer again, and. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure that that's going to ultimately be the situation. I don't yeah. think he's going to I don't think he's going to be a Packer again. I'm curious to see where he winds up. Yeah, because, again, I, I keep saying I can't think of a team that he can get to right now. That'll put him in a better situation than the Green Bay Packers. He takes away the Green Bay Packers success by him leaving. But him being there, he's been a step away from the Super Bowl so many times. I don't know of a team that either Green Bay will trade him to that'll put him there or that he could even sign to, you know, like uh, if, if he sat out a year, if he sat out a year or retired and sat out the year and gone to a new team, I think the San Francisco 49ers will nap him up in a minute, even in though they have beat. Trey Lance, even right. though they drafted Trey Lance, they would, they would, they would let Trey Lance sit there for a couple. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because yeah, learn behind they, Aaron, Rod- learn right. behind the best quarterback to ever do it. At just least go they, ahead. And at just... least they know that they would have the heir apparent to the throne. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be real interesting. I don't, uh, He's probably going to have to sit down and retire. I know he's got, I think he's got, uh, I think it's this week or next week. He's got to tell them that he's opting out if he's yeah. going to actually opt out or uh, he's going to start getting fined for not showing up. Right. But uh, 
it's 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 it's, it's got to suck for the Packers. It blows my mind that we're doing this again because right. I remember when this happened with Favre, and it's like yeah. Favre did his will he retire, won't he retire thing for a little while, and then um and then wound up on the Jets and then the Vikings. So like it's weird that it's literally almost the exact same thing is yeah. happening again. Yeah, it just goes to show you, man, that you know this organization in the last you know twenty plus years or so. They've had two great quarterbacks come through there and they have two Super Bowls to show for it. That's yeah, it. That's it. You follow the NBA at all? Uh, I'm a little bit of, I, I, I wasn't always a huge basketball fan growing up, but I, I think over the pandemic, I kind of got more into basketball than that. Yeah. Like over the beginning of the pandemic, when the bubble happened, I got right. a little bit more into basketball. Um, but I do, I do consider myself a Knicks fan. Nice. Nice. So what do you think? What do you think the Knicks should do in the offseason? Like, do you feel that they should get themselves like a big time free agent or just kind of, you know, draft, draft well, get these young players in and kind of just build that way? Um, you know, I, I it's hard for me to really say because, you know, I, I think that they're a decent team that needs like a little bit. They definitely need a little bit more scoring, like, you know, because they couldn't keep up with. uh with uh with Atlanta in the in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um right. I'm not a huge fan like I want Damian Lillard more than anything. I would love Damian Lillard, <laughs> Lillard on the Knicks. So um, does that, so does everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if I'm willing to trade like four first round picks, RJ yeah. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Top and I don't know if I want to trade an entire team for for Damian Lillard because like it's just going to make me think of what we did with Melo and they traded for Melo and Melo didn't have a team around him and look how that ended up. Right, you know? right. We and needed the thing is with Melo, not to cut you off, but no, it's okay. You, he, they didn't have to do that. Like they could have signed him in the off season for nothing. They could have kept their young pieces, but the the threat for him was the lockout. So he was like, "I want my money now. Get me now. I don't have. To, I don't want to wait until free agency and the uncertainty in the off season." So I I agree with you in regards to, you know, they they kind of have to, you know, be a little smart with how they how they build this team. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, so I like the young players that they have. They definitely need a little bit. They definitely need a little bit more help Um, this all changes though. Like if Kawhi Leonard opts out of LA, which I don't think he will. I think he will. Oh, well, no, I think he will, but I think he's going to opt out and go play for the Lakers. No, I think he'll probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm a Laker fan and he blew his chance with me. He blew his chance with me. Tom, I'm not gonna lie to you because he had a chance to sign with the Lakers two years ago, but he decided that he wanted to go to the basement. He wanted yeah. to go to the basement with the Clippers, and now you got to sit in that bed. We don't want you. We don't want you in, in Lake Land. We don't want you. You don't want Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard. That's no. a big. That's a big three. I, I, I literal big three. I wanted it two years ago. I wanted it more. That's fair. That's fair. No, why? Well, I, I look. I. Uh, but but for the Knicks though, that listen. That's a scenario that now makes sense. If you get Kawhi Leonard as a free agent and then the Knicks go ahead and say, let's now turn our attention to go acquiring Damian Lillard. Now trading those young pieces and those draft picks makes sense because you already have a waiting superstar waiting for his partner. Absolutely. So that makes sense. Like, you know, I don't, I definitely don't think that a Dame trade or any superstar disgruntled superstar trade should happen before they go get themselves a big fish in free agency. So I, I agree. Think, yeah, I think that's the that's the formula that they, they need to go to. And if not, if not, 
just keep addressing everything in the draft. See right. what, see what see what minor talent you can add to yes. to to keep the team going because the the problem is is Julius Randle was one of the best was was their MVP this year, yes. but he's not a viable number one. He's no. not he's not the guy. He's not like how Trey Young is for the Hawks. Right. Not how Donovan Mitchell is for the Jazz. He's not he's not that guy. Uh, right. He's good, but he's not the number one option that you do, need. He's like you, a good two. Do you think? Okay, so you think he's a solid two? Because yeah. I, I, I have watched Randall his entire career. I am more on the other side of it. I think that he's more of a three than a two, because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that he does good, but I, I always call him the master of none. Like he yeah. can do everything. He can do a lot of things well, but he doesn't do one thing spectacular. You know, what I mean? agree. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. I just, you know, I think it's just also coming off of the fact that I watched him this year and him yeah. be like, again, like, yeah, like I know he wasn't going to win an MVP. He shouldn't have won the MVP in the NBA, but I mean, I think he should have garnered a couple of votes just because without Julius Randle, the Knicks are right. maybe a lottery team. You right. know what I mean? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's really weird. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping because again, I, I if if they got Kawhi Leonard, then I'm saying okay, sh- mortgage the mortgage the future, go trade <laughs> send for them, send the ball boys, send everybody, yeah, send everybody over to Portland, bring in Damian Lillard, and let's see what we can put together yeah. here. But uh, if that's not going to happen, you know, I'm just I, I'm I'm down to just stay the course. You know, okay. like a lot of these teams have built through the draft, Atlanta right. built through the draft, and look at them right now, they look pretty good. Um, you know, Golden State's the Golden State's the model. Golden State literally built their whole team through the draft and they were right. almost a dynasty out and right. out, out there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm liking the way that they're set up right now. They were a good, solid team. Was I disappointed that they lost to the Hawks? Yeah, but I mean, everybody should also remember that nobody thought they'd be there. Everybody no. thought they were going to win 20 games this right. year and be a lottery team again, and they weren't. So, you know, I'm, 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 I like the direction they're going and they finally have a good core group a good coach that, that knows how to put them together and make them right. help them win. Um, so hopefully they can, hopefully there's another disgruntled superstar that they can go out and try to maybe right. coax to come here, but, and they will, they will, there's going to be a lot of trades this off season. A lot. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to see them mortgage the entire future for one player. Yeah, you know I agree. I, mean? I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And, and that's the thing too. Like, you know, I've said on my show over the months uh, as the Knicks were, you know, going through the season and improving and, you know, pretty much shocking everybody that Nick fans have a tendency of always projecting. Oh, well, you know, we get to the playoffs, we can be able to get to the next round and maybe we can get to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe in an off year we can get to the finals. Like, just appreciate the journey. Yep. Because back in 2013, I don't think a lot of Nick fans appreciated what they saw. Like, it was, it was all about, okay, how do we how do we stack up to the Miami Heat? Can we get to the Miami Heat? Can we do this? Get like, are we gonna? We're we're just as good as Miami. We can meet them up in the Eastern Conference Finals. You won fifty four games. Melo was an MVP candidate. Just appreciate the journey a little bit. You know, I think the problem with that team though was you knew that it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't going to be able to continue. It was a you win now. I mean? Like like yeah. that was that was that was the literal definition of win now because all the guys on that team. We're old. we're old. Like yeah. they were all literally on the back ends of their careers. This was their one last hurrah to try and make a run for a championship or make a run deep into the playoffs. So like, I think that was the kind of the big reason was that like every, all the Nick fans were sitting there looking at it. All us Nick fans were sitting there looking at it like, okay, well there is no tomorrow for this team. <laughs> like this team has to win right now, or yeah. we're going to be back at the bottom again. So right. Um, that's why I think that's where I think that came from. But I will agree with you. Like there are Nick fans that get way too ahead of themselves saying, Oh, 
we're, we're winning a title this year. Like I know the Nick fans were saying, I know there were Nick fans saying that we were going to be in the Eastern conference finals this year. I'm like, guys, nuts, nuts. pump but, the brakes. But, but Hey, listen, bit. listen, these bizarro playoffs, who knows if they would have beat the Hawks if the Knicks wouldn't be here, like we have no idea, but because all of these crazy things that have happened in the playoffs, maybe the Knicks would be in this situation. So, Hey, you know, for Knicks fans that were out there thinking like that, I can't say anything right now because these playoffs have been completely insane. I agree. No, I agree with you. It has, it's been absolutely insane because these guys are going down left and right. There's injury after injury. Teams are looking weaker and weaker as, as the, as the games go by. You know, um, that's why. And also, I would just like to just put out in the forefront, if the if the Phoenix Suns win the championship, I don't want to hear anybody saying there's an asterisk. I don't want right. to hear anybody saying it's a Fugazi championship because I saw a few people tweet that. I hate that word. I hate the term Fugazi. It's stupid. Well, listen, um, I, I've, I'm not going to I got I to gotta be honest. I've used the word asterisk because I'm a bitter Laker fan, because the thing is, when we won the championship in the bubble, everybody's like, ah, oh, it's a bubble champ. Nobody cares. So I, and I always ask people. If the Miami Heat would have beat us in five games, would everybody be saying that about Miami? No. Right. So it's a Laker thing. Like, I get that. So now I'm jaded. If you want to talk about Ashford, put it on this season because all these players are hurt. I don't care. I don't well, care, I don't. I, I don't believe there's as I don't believe there asterisks in sports. I don't. There, there I don't, are none. Like I absolutely don't, none. Absolutely if if none. like when when you go to when you go to Cooperstown and they ask you who the home run king is, there's no asterisk next to Barry Bonds' name. Absolutely, Barry Bonds is the home run king. I agree with you. Um, yep. you know, so there really isn't. It happened. Like you can't yes. change history. That happened. And also, so, too, also to your to your point is that as a championship team, when you're going on your run, as good as you are you need a little luck. Every championship team has had some luck in their run. So Phoenix got some luck in regards to a lot of injuries for their, the, 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 the the teams that they're playing. Okay. That's the hand that they were dealt that it's not their fault. So if they win a title because Giannis is not there and the Bucks get to the finals, then so be it. So it, it, it really doesn't matter. That's just the way it is. Yeah, they they were they were the more dominant team. They were the team that were able to stay healthy while everybody else was falling by the wayside. Right. You know, they like survived. That, they shouldn't be looked negatively on that. They right. should be looked positively. Like you guys did it right. You guys you guys were able to stay together, stay healthy. Right. And you you maybe well maybe one. I'm again. I'm not shipping them to win a title just yet, but. I personally would like to see it because I'd like to see Chris Paul win a yeah, title before he goes. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great story, man. It's a great story if they're able to win the title. Listen, even if Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a great story. The fact yeah. that you'll have two of these potential teams, you know, uh, Phoenix is already there, but if Milwaukee wins the next game, Milwaukee as a small market team being in the NBA Finals, that will tell people that that's the way you build. You don't yeah. have to do it like the Lakers. The Lakers do things their way like that's not the model you can be able to build through the draft build smartly put the right pieces together and and create your own dynasty there's there's no right or wrong way to do it you just have to have the smart minds to be able to execute that particular plan and you have to run into some luck agreed totally 100 percent agree with you yeah you know but that that, that's a good thing I, i like the fact that you said that there are no asterisks the what are, what are your thoughts? And, you know, I, I'll ask you this last thing before I go into my rapid fire to, to end the uh, the interview. But um, what are your thoughts about this, the whole steroid era? Uh, as a kid, when I was younger, I was all about taking them out of the game. They're cheaters, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, I 
I don't personally think that the steroid era guys should get plaques in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Anybody that tells you that these guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame have never been to the Hall of Fame because they're all there. You know, like all the cheaters, everybody. Mark McGuire's there. He's not. He might not have a plaque, but he's there. Sammy Sosa might not have a plaque, but he's there. Barry Bonds might not have a plaque, but he's there. You know, I think that the Baseball Hall of Fame is supposed to be a museum for baseball. And I get that. But I think your plaque in the Hall of the Greats of the Game, that's an honor. That right there, that's not a history thing. That is an honor and a privilege to be put in the Hall. Okay. The rest of the the rest of the Hall of Fame is a museum. If you want to put Barry Bonds there and say he's a home run king, go right ahead. But I personally, as far as having your day in Cooperstown, having the plaque and everything, I'm okay with them keeping them out. I'm okay, okay. with them saying, no, you don't get a plaque because they're in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is there. I bet you Barry Bonds' bat when he hit the home run is there. Mark McGuire, like I said, Mark McGuire's there. Clemens is there. Like all these guys that are steroid guys, they're in the Hall of Fame. They're there already, you know, like so I don't necessarily think you should reward them by giving them their day in plaque because they did technically cheat the game. But, you know, if they decide to put them in, I won't I won't fault them for it, you know, because I I understand. I do understand the argument of. It's an it's a museum for the game, so you have to you have to acknowledge all eras. So yeah. I get it, you know. Yeah, I I, I hear that point. I, I think I'm on the other side of it because it's just that I, the way I look at baseball is that they they behave so holier than thou, right? Yeah. When they're the dirtiest sport in our history, there's no other sport that has more controversy than baseball, and That's true. for me. It's like it's very it's just very hypocritical, in my opinion. Like when I think about because I, I always remember the strike of 94. Always remember that it's no World Series. And that was awful. Yeah. In regards to people who love baseball to not have the World Series was like, all right, you might as well just just shoot me now. But what, what am I going to do? Like, there's no World Series. There's no baseball. What's going on? The home run chase or the home run summer of 98 brought people back and i don't want anybody to tell me that mr selig didn't know that these guys were just a little juicy that's all i'm saying and it's like okay you allowed them to put your sport on the forefront of the world baseball there was no sport hotter than baseball in the summer of 98 no sport and they resurrected the game, made tons of money in that time, got baseball back. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, oh, well, yeah, these guys did bait. They did steroids. We got to shun them. It's like, I just don't, I don't like the, the whole dirty aspect of it. It just makes me, it makes me feel like it's just dirty business. Okay, you accepted it because it got your sport back. But once the sport got back, then you threw these guys in the garbage. So it's just, you know, it's just to me is that these guys are baseball players. I believe that they, they, they should be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, I, I just that, that's just my opinion. You know, wh- whether people agree with it or not, it's fine. You know, this, this is something that can always be debated and, and discussed. But that's just my opinion. These are great players that should. I believe that Barry Bonds more than Sosa, more than McGuire. I, I don't I don't think that Sosa is a Hall of Famer, but Barry Bonds. 
that's a Hall of Fame guy. The numbers that he put up even before the PEDs, Hall of Fame guy. So, yeah. you know, to, to, to look at him and say that he doesn't belong, I, I, I just don't like that. I agree. No, I, and again, I can't, I can't, like, I, I don't have, I really don't have an argument to dispute yeah, you on yeah. that. You know, like, I, I can totally uh, respect and understand the, the, the feeling that you should put these guys in the Hall of Fame because it's a part of baseball. You know, baseball did have a hand in all these guys doing roids. Like, I right. totally, totally respect that. It's just personally, I just, I just look at it from, and Bonds probably has the best case out of all of them. Yes. Yes. You know, just because of the career he had before the steroids and everything like that, or whenever you want to try and pinpoint when he did start doing them. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're also going to come at if you're going to come from the from the from the realm of saying that, you know, they did technically cheat the game, yada, yada, yada. We shouldn't put them in. I yeah. can't fault you either, yeah. because, again, they're in the Hall of Fame. These players will not be forgotten because their names are their names, their memorabilia, their, their milestones. They are in the I've been there. They're in the and, Hall of Fame. And you make a great point. You definitely like, make a great point. So they're not going to be just they're not written off and forgotten about in baseball right it's just i feel like the 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 plaques the bronze plaques that get put up i personally feel like that that is that's the honor portion of yeah. the of the of the hall of fame like that's where you go to be enshrined forever you know you you you, you it's the you know that's that's the privilege part of being in in the baseball hall of fame that's fair everybody else you're still there yeah. you're all still there you know like um but again, it's 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 all like, you know, if they if they put Barry Bonds in or anything like that, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Right. Like, I'm not going to be beating. I'm not going to be beating the drum like, yeah. oh, this is wrong. I'm never oh, going no. to the Hall of Fame again. Right. right, right, no, right. I'm not going to be saying, oh, put an asterisk. He did. Yeah. He did steroids. No, yeah. if he's going in, he's going in, put his plaque up and we're good. That's the say. I, I respect that. I, res I, I respect your take. I respect your point. And I, and I respect how you go about it. I wish more people. We're, we're objective like that instead of going the other way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's about it's about listening to both sides. And if you agree, that's fine. If you disagree, at least you have you have reasons why and you yeah. have you have your stance, you have your take. And I like that about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why this is a good, healthy conversation. A lot of times when people have conversations about the steroids, it's not healthy because people are so hell bent on just trying to say, no, you're wrong. It's, it's like, it's no wrong. It's my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I feel. And this is what I believe should happen. If you don't agree, then that's fine. People need to understand something. We're not talking about like, this is, I, I, I look, I live, like I said, you're just like, me. I live and die by my sports. Like right. literally, like I said, in the beginning of this interview, like sports affect my well being a lot more than they absolutely should. It makes my week miserable. Like you said, right? <laughs> exactly. But what you have to understand is we're not talking about life or death. Right. We're not talking about anything more than an entertainment product that you just love to sit down and just watch. You exactly. know, this isn't a major issue. If they, you know, like if they put Barry Bonds or any of these steroid guys in the Hall of Fame, they're not murdering anybody like right. there's like this isn't a again, nobody's losing their life. Nobody's getting made like nothing bad is happening all yeah. they're doing is making a bronze plaque of somebody and hanging it up in a museum like that's all we're talking about right. here you know right. like it's all entertainment there's no reason anybody should get all heated and and hate filled talking about a baseball hall of fame you yeah, know like i agree sure you could have you can have an opinion like mine where you don't necessarily want to see them put in 
Again, I'll understand if you do, and I'll be more than happy to go see the Hall of Fame if they do. They could have opinions like yours where put them in. It's a baseball knew what they were doing. Baseball knew that 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 they had a hand in it. Put them in because they're part of the history of the game. Right. They, baseball is the reason, not the reason they did steroids, but baseball knew what was going on. So you have to put them in because there was no real policing at that point. Right. I get that. You know, like this isn't a, this should never be a thing where people are, you know, freaking out, right. flipping chairs and tables. Like <laughs> it's not that big a deal. And it's yet really it, not and that big a deal. And yet it happens all the time. All the time. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. So yeah. la- last segment, Tom, before we get out of him, and I appreciate you being on the show. This was a lot of fun. I like to do rapid fire with my guests where I, you know, I spit out some names and you tell me who's better than who I'm not going to dispute you. This is your opinion. This is not something I'll be like, Oh, you're crazy. I'm just going to say, okay, that's fine. And we'll I'm move with on it. To the next. All right. So better super soldier, Bucky or captain America. Oh, cap. I'm never going to not say cap. I, <laughs> I freaking love captain America. It's always going to be cap. I would you, I would you better no power superhero, Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne? Uh, I'm saying Bruce Wayne because he's the ultimate detective. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, who would you rather have, Spider-Man or Venom? Spider-Man. I love Venom's pro- Venom's like my, my I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man and Venom as a tandem, but I yeah. Spider-Man hands down. Nice, nice. He's nice. a Mets fan from Queens. <laughs> right. And, and if you're from Queens, you're cool with me. You're cool yeah. with me. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Let's get to let's go to baseball. Okay. Better pitcher. Pedro Martinez or Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom, and it's not even DeGrom's really? be- <laughs> Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher I have ever seen in my entire life. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. man. That's fair. Yeah. That's why I put Pedro out there because Pedro is Pedro was the gold standard to me, man. That guy was special. I love special. Pedro Martinez. I know he 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 was okay when he came to the Mets later on, but yeah. Jacob DeGrom is just anytime you get put in the same conversation as Bob Gibson or Tom Seaver. Right. You're in you're, you're in doing something. Absolutely. Yeah, you're in a league company. Like he's he's I I can't believe that I get to watch him every fifth day. Like <laughs> he's amazing, amazing, man. He's he amazing. really is. And to be to be a guy that failed at shortstop and and look look what he is now. It's yeah, just, it's crazy. exactly. It's, it's completely crazy. Uh who would you rather have, Ken Griffey or Barry Bonds? Uh see, this is going to contradict what I was saying before. I'm going to say Barry. Because Ken Griffey Jr. had to deal with way too many injuries in his career. Right. He would have been Barry Bonds had he not gotten hurt as much as he did. I think Griffey would have probably hit 800 home runs if you stay healthy. Probably. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, because he, he ended up having those those really bad four years in Cincinnati and still ended up hitting, what, 630 home runs? Yeah, like that's, exactly. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's- He's unreal. He was, he's literally like when everybody says that when everybody keeps putting up that picture of them changing the MLB logo to, yeah. to Griffey with his hat backwards, like yeah. in a swing. Right. That's the only person that I could ever imagine taking that. Absolutely. Spot Absolutely. It's King Griffey Jr. And, and listen, guys, if you haven't watched his documentary, Junior, watch it. Like yeah. it is, it is amazing. Like I, I was literally watching that documentary and I, and I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, this is why I grew up loving baseball this guy right here is what drew me into baseball so you know it just it, it, it's always good to see like I, i'm with you if i would have picked that you know pick between the two i'm a griffy guy but i was also a bonds guy i will go bonds as well because 
Bonds was just a different animal. He, uh, he was insane. He was an animal. Special. Yeah. I, I've never seen a guy with that quick of a compact swing ever. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's amazing. Okay. Who would you rather have? This may be a good one. Mike Trout or Miguel Cabrera? Mike Trout, just because I think he's the better all around player. Okay. I think he's, I think he, he's the, he's the complete package. My, Miguel Cabrera is an amazing hitter. Yeah. But I think Mike Trout's an amazing hitter and an amazing just all around baseball player. Definitely. Definitely. Who would you rather have in regard favorite Mets if, between these two? Mike okay. Piazza or David Wright? I'm saying Mike Piazza because that's why. He was my guy when I first yeah, started watching baseball. With you, so man. I got to say it's Mike Piazza. I'm with you, man. I'm a David Wright guy, but Piazza, he he made Shea Stadium special to me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember he had a home run. I can't remember what, against what team. I was there, and the place was shaking. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? I never thought that a, that a ballpark can shake like that. And it was it was amazing. It was just one of the, the best feelings that I've ever had as a kid. The 9-11 home run to dead oh. to like dead center field brings a tear to my eye yeah, man. every time. Special. Very, very special. Very special. Okay. Moving on to football. Better quarterback, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? I get into an argument with one of my friends about this <laughs> all the time. I'm saying Tom Brady because okay. Tom, Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady won with less and is the most successful quarterback I have ever seen in my entire life. I, 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 I fully support that he is the goat of all goats yeah, in, in yeah. the NFL. That's fair. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Uh, let's see. Better running back. Edgerin James, Curtis Martin, or your boy, Tiki Barber. Ooh, man. Um, a good one <laughs> that is a really good one uh i'm gonna say edron james because oh. i think tiki tiki was good but um tiki wasn't a tiki i think tiki's got the 2000 super bowl and that's yeah. really it and then the yeah. giants kind of fell off after that so yes. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say edron james edron james was damn good edron james was special man yeah I, I grew up a jets fan before i turned in my jet colors and became a cowboys fan but uh <laughs> I, I love curtis martin i think curtis martin was a special special running back but i loved edron james yeah. Um, okay, here's another tough one. Better running back, Marshall Falk or Ladanian Tomlinson? I'm gonna say Marshall Falk. That dude did not fumble. That yeah. dude, that dude had had a uh, freaking hands of like stone. Like he literally, <laughs> like you put the ball in his hand and he was not letting it go. Right. <laughs> LT was good though. That yeah, LT was definitely good, but I, I'm I'm a fault guy. Um, let's see. Hmm. Trying to think of an interesting. Oh, better quarterback, Kurt Warner or Dan Marino? Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Dan Marino gets uh, he gets put into the conversation of like the greatest ever step on a football field. Kurt Warner was good. And yeah. I will give him the greatest show on turf. Great and all. But Dan Marino, it's 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 criminal that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, man. He got to that 83 Super Bowl and never got back. Like it was just it's crazy to think. That um, or maybe I'm getting the years mixed up. I don't know. I think it was '83 or one of those years. But the fact that he never got back there it was just—it it, it just shows you how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, like it's not—it's not guaranteed, no matter how great you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Okay. Going on to basketball now. This is some history stuff. Better shooter. Who would you rather have? 
Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? I'm going to say Ray Allen just because in my basketball knowledge, my minimal basketball knowledge, <laughs> I just remember Ray Allen being an absolute beast, especially right. with the Celtics and then again with the Heat. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm going Ray Allen. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's see. Who would you rather have as a point guard, Steph Curry or Allen Iverson? Jeez. Uh, again, I'm going to say like, I love Allen Iverson. I'm going to still say Steph because Steph, Steph, especially in a, in a league where you need to be able to shoot three pointers, I'm always going to take the guy that could just easily make a half court shot whenever he feels like <laughs> it, you know, like Steph Curry right. is probably the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. He so. could just be, just pull up from 50. That's fine. You know what yeah, I mean? like, exactly. It's, it's, it's completely ridiculous. That, that's, that, that's a good one. Okay. Let's see. Last one. What movie would you rather watch? Endgame or Return of the Jedi? Jeez. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, I'm going to say... Both both combinations. Both yeah. very good. <laughs> I'm saying Endgame. Endgame was amazing. You're going Endgame? Endgame? <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, the scene where Cap pulls the... Oh, uh, man. Uh, Thor's hammer. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Bro. Now, I'm going Endgame. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I watched that movie in the movie theater and I remember the scene where Cap is fighting Thanos and, you know, I have this feeling that Thanos is going to kill Cap. I walk out of the theater. I walk, I said, I can't see this. I'm not watching this. I got to go. Right. So I, I have to get called back in and then all you hear is on your left and then everybody comes I'm like, Oh, they coming back. Like, but I was, I was like very, very emotional. I thought Cap was going to go down. I didn't like it. I had to yeah. walk out. <laughs> I'm totally with you, dude. It was the, the second, but the second he pulls in right. Thor's hammer, I'm like, let's go. Cause I've been waiting for this like freaking like since the event, since he like moved it. Like right. I think it was in the first Avengers yeah, movie yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, he's going to pick this up. Right. At some right. point he's picking this up and it finally happened. I lost my mind. <laughs> That's good, man. Well, listen, this was fun time. Like, thank you for coming on the show, man. It was really, really a good time. I appreciate it. Like we were, we were definitely on this for like over two hours and that, that just goes to show you how good of a conversation we were having. So I know, you know, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you. You're taking the time to, to, to talk to me today, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Like I, I'm, I'm all about, you know, I'm all about podcasting. I'm all about just collabing with really awesome people that are just putting some really awesome shows together. So no, again, I, I thank you so much for, for allowing me to come on, dude. I very much appreciate it. Definitely. Definitely, man. So, you know, before we go out, you can just be able to tell people about your social media handles and what you got going on in the future as well. Oh yeah. So, um, uh, social media, like I said earlier, it's at it's Mr. Greer everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. I don't really have, I don't really post a lot on my Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it's Mr. Greer page, but I do have it there. Okay. I'm on clubhouse. Uh, I think I'm at it's Mr. Greer or it's yeah, it's definitely at it's Mr. Greer there. Um, and, uh, as far as coming up, you know, tune into our shows every week. I got the grindhouse radio every Thursday. Um, anywhere you can find a podcast, the magic Kim, Tom, our Disney show, my Disney show with, um, with Kim from the grindhouse radio. Um, and my girl, she is my girlfriend. I probably should nice, say that. Nice. No, yeah, I, can't, I can't let her listen to this Shout, and have me not say kid, Right. She yeah. will put you in a doghouse. <laughs> yes, yeah, she will. Uh, we, we do our Disney show and that comes out every Monday. Uh, every Wednesday, I do Truly Inconsequential. I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, I have some voiceover stuff that's in the works. Awesome. Um, awesome. That should be coming out soon. And uh, like I said, also uh, my sport, my sports show that I do today with DW, the sports edition on the Earplug Podcast Network Facebook page uh, every Tuesday. 
from uh, six thirty to seven, or enough from six thirty to seven thirty, or six to seven. It's one of those. Yeah, I just yeah. get my times mixed up. <laughs> Everything runs together now. Right. Um, but that's everywhere you can find me, and all that's all I got coming up right now. Definitely, man. Like I like I said, man. Check him out. He's 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 amazing. He got a lot of stuff going on. Multi talented guy. Tom Greer. I appreciate you again coming on the show, man. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. I'd like to thank my man Tom Greer for coming on the show. Definitely lots of fun. You know, he knows his stuff. So shouts out to the, the Grindhouse radio team, everybody over there. Keep doing your thing. Y'all are killing Long Island right now. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Saturday, it's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy Alfred from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, who is my winner for Dummy of the Week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Patrick Beverly. Point guard, cheerleader, for the Los Angeles Clippers. Patrick Beverly is my winner for... Because did you think that I was going to allow him to get away with this? Did you think I was going to allow this man to not be Dummy of the Week? Let's go ahead and just think about this, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Patrick Beverly is supposed to be One of the great defenders in our league. Talks a lot. Talks trash. Does what he wants to do. He's very abrasive. So he takes on the challenge of trying to guard Chris Paul in game game six. (laughs) And what happens? What happens? Not only do the Clippers lose. They don't get the chance to get to the finals. But Chris Paul gives... Patrick Beverly, the business, (laughs) gives him work, 41 points, and jaw-jacking him, (laughs) talking smack, making him look crazy, Patrick Beverly's in his feelings, he talking back, but it don't matter, if you're talking to the guy that's giving you business on the court, that really don't make sense, but it gets better. So Chris Paul is cooking him. He walks by Patrick Beverly after the timeout. Pat Bev turns around and two hands shoves him in the back. <laughs> two hands shoves him in the back. Like this is this is like rec ball or, or playing in the park. This kind of reminds me when I used to play in Brookville Park or Woodman Park and some bum used to get mad that they was getting work like a part-time job. And they be in their feelings. Either they foul hard the next play or they want to hold the ball and have an argument. That's what Pat Bev did. But wait, it gets even better. He apologizes, right? He takes to Twitter and apologizes and says, hey, man, you know, 
Definitely things got heated out there. My bad, bro. It wasn't for you. Good luck in the finals. What? 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 It wasn't for you. So you two-hand shoved the guy that he wasn't the, the target? So who were you talking about? So you got cooked. You target the wrong person, allegedly. And then you have this terrible apology. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Court gesture at its finest. Court gesture at its finest. Chair leader at its finest. I'm sure after the game, nobody looked his direction. You probably heard some scoffs, some, <laughs> some of that towards the end of the locker room because you get cooked like that and then embarrass yourself on national TV. <laughs> That's like you claim to be a street fighter, but every time you're in the street and you have a fight, you get your ass beat. <laughs> get him out of here, man. Get him out of here. Send those clippers back where they belong. Back to the basement. Get your dehumidifiers, your space heaters, your first down jackets. That's where you belong. And you can also be at a court gesture. Make your teammates laugh. Talk tough and say, <laughs> nobody believes you anymore, Pat. Not after this. Not after you allow a 35-year-old man to cook you like that in your own building. Give it up. Just stop. So, Patrick Beverly, you must have been very, very upset to go back to the basement. And I don't blame you. And sure, sure you lost the game. Sure you're a loser right now. But you're a winner. You're a winner to me for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcasts. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Bed Bath & Beyond is back with more to choose from than ever before. At the new Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll find all the products and brands you love, along with a huge new selection of furniture, decor, and everything else you need to create the home of your dreams. All in one amazing online store. Download our new app and save even more with exclusive deals and offers. Plus, get free shipping right to your front door. Welcome to a bigger, better beyond. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.